G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode of the Hunting Connection podcast. Well, we've finally made a year. It's come around. Um, we're celebrating it with a bang. We've got Josh Haynes. We've got Josh from Send It Mate. And we've got Ilias back as well. And I pronounced his name right. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Good. And did you say you pronounced his name wrong? Yes. Yeah, so last time it was like eight cuts of him just... I had to hear the intro like 20 times because he just, <laughs> oh no, I've said it wrong again. There's a funny story, right? Like I hung out with this dude for like two years, maybe three years. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was calling me like Elias or something the whole time. <laughs> Elias for two years. And then I go hunting with him and Luke and um, we're in the car and, you know, Zach says, oh, you know, blah, 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 Elias. And Luke looks at him and goes, why the hell do you keep calling him that? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Hey man, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to burst your bubble, you know. So I don't make you feel bad." So. He's like, "You're calling me the wrong name." I'm like, "What do you mean? I'm calling you the wrong name? Isn't that your name?" And he's like, "Nah." I'm like, "Why haven't you corrected me?" I'm too like, "Polite man, too yeah, polite." Too polite. <laughs> it's pretty similar, close enough. And then me, me trying to pronounce his last name—that was just. Yeah, that was just an epic fail. It's not even like his first name is not even difficult to pronounce. But I can't. I, I want to ask your last name, but we'll keep it off the off the air if you want. I don't care. It's Matani. It's Matani. Matani. Yeah, yeah but Matani. just reading it, I'd never heard it before. I was trying to read it, and I'm dyslexic as fuck. You've never shopped at Matani's, no, before. Matani's chicken Matani's? soul. There's another yeah, one. Yeah. Bloody oh! Shake, shake, shake. Wow. Yeah, I've had I've had that. <laughs> it's a South Australian thing as well, man. But yeah, it, it was a shit show, but it was a good laugh. <laughs> Something I won't live down anyway. That's all right. I thought you about it though. No, no. <laughs> oh, neither. It will be a talking point for a long time, that's for sure. That's all right. Because every time someone talks about you, I'm like, oh, Aussie Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like our Captain Sparrow in the hunt. <laughs> Pretty much. Where's, where's the rum going? <laughs> Canadian dude called me Action Man Manatee once, and I thought, How did <laughs> <laughs> it's underwater. <laughs> we look the same, so. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Cody, if you're listening, I want you to make that into a meme. <laughs> Action Man and Ma- Manatee. Manatee, yeah. <laughs> oh. how, do you, how do you draw that picture? I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go into this. <laughs> a, with a, bow, going in there. a manatee with a bow and arrow cruising through the Florida Everglades with a, a back quiver on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking of this, this gigantic whale's penis. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, that's all I'm thinking. Well, action, I'm like, oh, just yeah, play get on. some action. Settle down. <laughs> Jesus, man. This has turned into an episode of Send It, mate. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's pretty hard to keep it PG, bro. Ah, uh, no, it's good, man. It's good. It's it's a good laugh. 
So it's been a big year for everyone. Everyone's got onto some game, some more than others. Some have gone to their first species, their first deer, their first everything. Um, the man behind most of these first species and first deers is Hainsey. It's been a good year. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, sharing around a lot. So that was yeah pretty epic. That's probably my highlight of the year, to be honest. Seen a lot of guys go out and have some fun and shoot some deer and... Yeah, just enjoy what we do best. Yeah. Almost killing a couple of dudes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, drinking more beer than, <laughs> than what's produced. A bit of dehydration, a bit oh. of severe hangovers, as I experienced after yeah, being many, down the many, southeast. Many Ks, I tell you. A lot of Ks <laughs> on walking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've got to ask, so through the year, because we're on the topic, what was the biggest cock up? For you guiding this year? Heck, I haven't even thought of that. What, um, what biggest? Inviting us out. <laughs> <laughs> as well, in, apart as from you not sharing your little Cadbury chocolates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, I, knew, I knew those caramellos would come back to we haunt did, me. We did hear he had eight, and then we seen him eating one at lunch. We're like, oh, hell, can we grab one of them? He's like, this is the last one. <laughs> I had four, but... You know that little pack that I got? You know the one I had in my hip? Yeah. It's full of Snickers bars. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> and me and Mark went Another out one. That, yeah, we went out on that second day and we were walking around and he was looking pretty wrecked. I was pretty tired too. Yeah. <clears throat> and I lay down to have a little nap. Before I had to sleep, I was like, oh, Snickers bar. So I reached in, <laughs> grabbed one. Beautiful. And Mark looked at me like, just desperation. In his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so you want one of these? And he's just like... Like a, I'd given him gold, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I was expecting you to be like, "You want one of these?" and then you just start eating it, but <laughs> in front of him, just nah, what cool. is it with both of you carrying chocolate? Hey, you, you, you be, you know, you do a lot of walking around and whatnot, and you just have this little nugget of just happiness <laughs> in your little pouch. And I normally go. use that little nugget of happiness um, after I've put something on the ground. To carry it out. I'm usually <laughs> unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've it's got a whole like pocket full. For me. No, I only bring like, you know, two, three, four. Dozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I'm just hanging to get back to the car for the morning beer because it's a justification to have a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> after hour. Yeah, no, I love those lollies in the... In the bino harness or the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't do the lollies, yeah. but if i got a Snickers bar, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I've been on a hunt without, is it, is with you not having a... <laughs> like this, in the last one, is, yeah, it's definitely the man. <laughs> I just caught on. But... Uh, he gets the man size just to... <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Zach's Caramello Koalos were actually not the small ones. They were those big ones. They were they? the big ones. Yeah, they weren't so the small ones. Not the small, they were the jumbo the ones. ones. In the fundraiser Are your Snickers the... Um, the party size ones, or are they just the little <laughs> ones, or the medium ones, or what? The big boys. The big boys. Yeah. <laughs> the man size. If I, get one of those, yeah. <laughs> if I can get one of those twin packs, I'm. <laughs> oh, twinnies. <laughs> yeah. We did like an episode, the last episode, when you were saying, What's in your bag? Because he takes everything. There's like literally, I don't know, anything you could ever need is in his pack, but mine's just got. Chocolate and a couple of <laughs> you're gonna have to get a Cadbury sponsor just so you guys can hunt next year. I can be the face of <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not touching. 
I'm not touching that one with a 10 foot pole. Relax, your man, chocolates. <laughs> I'll, I'll have BOM coming after me. <laughs> you know, I actually like the Milky Bars. You know, they're, they're pretty good too. Yeah. Milky Way, mate. No, nah, Milky nah, Bar Kids. Yeah. They're good. White chocolate. You don't eat the Milky Bar Kid, you eat the Milky nah, Way. Mate. <laughs> Wait, hang on now. You're not on your trip with your mate again. <laughs> Oh, refreshed memories in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to your question, Josh. That's right. I reckon. Um, I reckon they're probably the. I, I didn't have any like anything go wrong in the way of firearms or hunts as such. <coughs> um, yeah, Martin. I reckon was probably the. That's, that was most full on hunt we've had. If yeah. you weren't coming down there that morning to go to Lucendale and that. I reckon I would have been probably running back to the hut. Yeah. Getting the ute, bolting out there and bolting the boat. What got in, man? Got your call and you're like, get down here. Where are you? <laughs> oh, this paddock. I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> and believe, believe it or not, he was actually early for once. He was on time. <laughs> he was on time. See, that's because you told him to get there the day before. I'd give him maybe five minutes late. But, um, yeah, Martin had a, a lung, like he had a tear in his lung which is a birth thing that he's got and yeah he started bleeding yeah overnight and in the morning he was keen and eager to get out for a hunt and he didn't really express himself that morning well saying that he was unwell because he thought he was okay uh, but we walked probably three and a half k's that morning which is three and a half k's too far but and then i spotted a couple of deer and i bolted because that's what I do sometimes, I just get after them <laughs> to try and, you know, get, get onto the animals. But And I turned around to tell Martin that I'll see him at the fence and he's on all fours um, bleeding again out of his nose and mouth and that. And I said, no, I'll run back to the car, man, and get the car. And he's like, no, 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 get that done and then we'll assess it later. Um, but on the way on that, for me to go and shoot those two deer, I rang Josh and said, when, where are you? And he goes... <laughs> I'm just about to pull in, man. And I said, well, when you get to Danny, come to the quarters and come out to the northeastern corner, uh, sorry, southeastern corner, which he did. And I had the deer down and whatnot. We chucked on the back, picked him up, and we, yeah, shot the ball town. <laughs> Straight to hospital. But, yeah, I think he had, what did he have? He had five hours in Bordertown Hospital, back to the farm. I drove in the Willaluca. Then he went in the ambulance to Narracorp. Mount Gambia he went on to. And then Mount Gambia um, to Adelaide and eight days in Flinders. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah. yeah. So He's all good now, though. So Yeah, yeah, he's pulled through now, but he's just <laughs> got to monitor that um, birth defect that he's got. So, yeah, if you're out on a hunt and something like that happens, don't try and um, push on. Push on. Almost, Let them know. We won't, you know, you won't yeah. get judged because of it. It's a severe medical Absolutely. issue. Yeah, yeah. If you're eager and keen to hunt, like, you can come back, like, you don't have to push through something like that. But I it think... It almost takes, yeah. like, you take for granted, like, we're all pretty normal. You know, <laughs> reasonably normal. Define normal. You know, you sort of take it for granted, man, because, uh, like, out of all the hunting... And I've hunted some high country, and I've never taken... As much as a band-aid with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Like ever. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yep. I do have a um, little first aid kit in my backpack, but I guarantee you all that stuff should be replaced. Yeah. No, it's yeah. still better than nothing at the end of the day. Um, you know, I hear you boys on Senate, mate. You know, you don't carry much. You've discussed it a few times with my started. mum. 
I never took anything with me. Yeah, I've always got a first aid it's, kit. And it's amazing I got a, what duress can, like, you can do under duress. And really, you're wearing clothes, so you've got something that could, uh, I guess, soak up bleeding. You've got a belt on, so you've got a tourniquet, you know, like, everything else. Is Speaking just, for yourself with a belt, um, I don't need a belt. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're looking all right. You're looking better than what you were. Yeah, yeah I've <laughs> lost a couple of kilos, mate. Yeah, you did look pregnant. No, just <laughs> <laughs> look how, at me. How is, <laughs> how is the little one going? Yeah, good, good. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just started carrying a Jamie Accusat, which is like a personal beacon. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you're out in the high country or whatever, um, you can just flick that on and if you hurt yourself, that is, or a mate, even a mate. If a mate hurts himself and that, you can just... Flick that on and push that, and then help will come to you straight away. So yeah. I want to know how much E-perb. you're getting charged to use an EPIRB in the high country because that's that's chopper. So uh, for emergency reasons, I don't think you get charged. You only get screwed over if you accidentally pull it or if you dispose it because it's registered to your name. If you throw it in the in the trash, and then a seagull at the tip pulls the Presses the button and pulls the lever, whatever it is, Same and it goes off. Then you get. Do you have uh, experience? No, no. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sound, of yeah, all things, he picks a seagull at the tip. <laughs> what what other birds do you <laughs> see there? Yeah, <laughs> where are they? <laughs> 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 no, nah, but you are right. If you if say your mate's got a broken leg or an ankle and there's no way he's hiking out 15, 20 k's oh, in, yeah. they're not going to say to you, mate, like, what are you doing pushing the perm? Should have carried him. Yeah, I get that, but like mm. uh, when you get, say you like r- live rurally and you've got to get a, an yeah. ambulance to, you know, you end up getting no, charged. No, it's free. Like, it's free one way. No, 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 I had to pay fucking 2800 bucks. That's why you have ambulance cover. That's a beautiful oh, thing. No one can afford that these days, mate. Diesel was like $3,000 a litre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no and one, coffee. No. <laughs> Diesel and coffee, mate The two things that keep us running <laughs> Most expensive What is going on here? Even the E-perb's too expensive I'm too much of a cheap ass E-perb's a good man I, I recommend it I've yeah. I've had one in my pack For the last seven, eight years And um, Have you used That it? was a caramello no, I haven't need to no, no. <laughs> I don't want it <laughs> I've probably taken it out And put <laughs> put some it? Skittles in the, in the case <laughs> That's what I think. It's room. Well, you could you could leave it out of your pack and have room for a comfort item. They're half the size of an iPhone, man. Like exactly, they are. Leave it out of your pack and take a comfort item, like a hip. Take flask. your tampons out your bag and put your E-perb in, man. Right, a hip flask. You get a broken leg, have a nip of like rum or, or Jack Daniel, whatever your poison is. You're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> it is a good point, guys. If you if you haven't got one, you should make a little kit in your backpack, even if it's a bandage. Couple of band aids, if you some super glue, some yeah, whatever. super glue, um, in case your knife handle falls off or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, even just a couple of spare bullets and get like a little pouch or something where you can put it all in. So it's just you know, so you got back up in case you, you something happens, you know, you might shoot all your bullets off and go, I've got no bullets left, and you're out in the out in the high country or whatever. We're not all cowboys, man. Oh, <laughs> what you, you mean, like you get stuck. Yeah, stuck out there. Yeah, yeah, you injure yourself. Yeah, that's right. For some food or something. Well, you can shoot them off if there's someone nearby or help. Bang, bang. Survival blanket. All of that stuff. Survival survival. blanket. Yeah. You got a damn. You got a damn sleeping bag (laughs) in your pack. 
just use the damn Anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. It's survival now. Oh, God. Yeah, you chuck that away. Burn your sleeping bag. You see, the summit sleeping bag is no good anymore. See, the this army. is a crisis mode. Get rid of my tent. Get rid of my sleeping bag. <laughs> get your survival sleeping bag That's out. It. We'll Dig your case out. Yeah, sleep on your back. <laughs> well, the army ruined it for me for that sort of stuff because there was one person in the section that carried the med kit, and then everyone else was like, "Yeah, cool, sick. <laughs> We're covered, <laughs> so I don't have to carry shit." He got shot three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Gee, this is good tonight. Oh, Where, that's a survival kid guy that's carrying the first aid kit. Where, where's Jerry? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing New Zealand next year for my 30th and I'm getting one of those Garmin inreaches. So you can use them for pretty much the same thing, but you can also text and um, I think call as well. So. Yeah, that's what my mate got. But you got to get a subscription for that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But they're really good. They are, they are very good. Um, and you can send, I think... It's like fifteen cents or twenty cents a text. Yeah, it's it, yeah. it changes each. Yeah, different situations where you are. You these days, I don't know, but mm. how much is the in reach? I think they're about six hundred bucks. You yeah. can get them get them from Anaconda on special for about five fifty. I think smoke signals are free. Yeah. mate. Anaconda's five forty three. For to, one of them depends which ones you get, but hey, if it saves your life at the end of the day, you know, especially if you're hunting. <laughs> The mountains in New Zealand. Yeah. You're not going to send a smoke signal to home. That's that's probably a smart choice in New Zealand. But I don't know. I guess because we live on the mainland, and you go to like the high country or or say New South <laughs> Wales, <laughs> mainland. Yeah, mainland. Man. New Zealand's a we live in Australia, mate. Man, New, Ze- yeah, New Zealand, same, Tasmania, yeah, Kangaroo same. Island, all same the, same. you know, just but, islands off Australia. But you can. You, I don't think. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think correct. for no. experienced, <laughs> experienced people like the high country or even New South Wales or, like the, you know, deep scrub, or like I don't think it's that bad. I think you can get out of a pickle if you put your mind to it. And if you, you, like, you say that because you haven't been in a pickle. If you were in a pickle, like last time I went to New Zealand, I screwed up my knee. I I was probably an hour behind the guy I was hunting with. He went up to the car I took an hour to get to where he was, climbing up this hill. I was having to lift my leg up over logs and I was in tears. Like, I just had tears streaming down my face because I was in so much pain. Anything else, if I was further out, I would have been hitting that inreach. Like, I wouldn't have been able to get out. I was nearly done. I don't know, man. Like, Marcus Luttrell (laughs) was shot twice, fell down a cliff, broke his back. Uh, and crawled 15 miles through a near, near village uh, uh, where then he he was took in by a local... local Children took him in, didn't they? The Taliban ended up like, running his position and this, this dude still survived, man. And he like, crawled... But how many people do miles. you know like Marcus Tru- Oh, man, you just... Like, yeah, okay... It's a it's a mental aptitude thing, but I people think people cry tables, over pronouns these days, you know. But I think everyone on this table has a mental aptitude to be like, well, okay, my lower half of my body's fucked. Okay, how do I get home? Or right, I crawl. Yeah, but it depends where you are and what you're doing. That's Not everyone has those mental that yeah. mentality. That's if you've got an EPIRB and you can press a button and get a get medivaced out or whatever. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm just, you know, being Tom, the devil's time, advocate. Times are just changing. That's that's what it is as well. If you've got it in your pa- in your backpack and you can flick it out, flip an aerial up and push a button, yes, it's a weaker option, but, you, you know, there's help coming straight away. And how yeah, much? You've got the option to be... Absolutely. Made yeah. Like this, or just have a button you could push. What are you choosing? Yeah. Uh, man, seriously, getting back and like telling that story, you're <laughs> like, yeah, bitches. But then you have to put in the well, recovery I had an time. I on me, but I chose not <laughs> to push it. I crawled through sticks and weeds and blackberries, and I got a stag on the way home. That's true. We'll, we'll drive Josh out to the high country, take out his knee with the 300, and then give him an e perv and just yeah, see how long it takes him to. I did. I did the high country once and it was like bloody, it would have been about 34 degrees. I did 40 k's in the morning and I had uh, some new... Is that 40 k's your steps or... No, no. 40 kilometres. <laughs> but I had like a, a wool a long sleeve on because I'd read about the, the wicking capabilities and wanted to try it out. I blacked out, man. <laughs> I got back. I managed to get back to to where my tent was, and I've just like knelt on the ground. I blacked out, woke up, and I was like drooling on the ground, like laying there. I'm like, huh, huh. So I just propped myself up, had some water, had a feed. You didn't take. Go back out there. Didn't take the jumper off. Just <laughs> well, At no point. You thought. Yeah, I, t- I took it off, and I, I, I think I switched it out for a singlet because that's all I had. But that's all right. <laughs> you know, I, I guess like uh, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying though. If you if you you're saying if we had a situation like that where the technology wasn't available, we'd definitely crawl ourselves out. Yeah, or you don't. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You go, you're going to do it. Like you know, even Elias could do it. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm probably the most likely. <laughs> No, it's yeah, I get what you mean, and it's probably good to just <coughs> tell a lot of your listeners out there to you know sort your shit out. Some people can't find <laughs> yeah. their car at the yeah, car. Park, you know? oh, it's going to be like an In injury thing. It's just going to be I'm lost, <laughs> and the sun is setting, and I'm afraid. One yeah, of my good mates, mama. who's now a high school counselor, I took him out hunting. We walked about two k's straight ahead, no corners, no turns. Walked out, and I've gone. All right, where's the car? And he points straight ahead of us. And I'm like... That boy was me. <laughs> I'm like, how can the car be in front of us? We've walked a straight line for like two Ks. And how can it be in front of us? We've only walked a straight line. Like Some people just don't have a sense of direction. Some people are just absolutely useless. And you have that military background where you can endure through this shit. No, I just think it's stupidity. But... Because it's like <laughs> <laughs> the general consensus on this table is to, to have some Hey, I haven't even said anything. I'm, I'm staying out of this. But I, I don't know. I just, I just figure... Uh, Ilias brings out Paw Patrol Band-Aids when he comes hunting. I do so. not. <laughs> Coca-Melon. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, let's, let's get back on the topic. So, big year. Um, where did it start for you, Hainsey? This year, this year actually started in February when I went out with um, a mate from Spiker and uh, Leroy and we shot those two um, pre-rubbed out fallow bucks. Yeah. 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 And a doe. And a doe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then 
Mel come over. And that, she shot that chittle and a uh, young samba. And then what, what, we did something too, didn't we? Was that in uh, the last year Hay- you guys came up that, that weekend? Yeah, and Hayden come up as well. Those yep. three bucks that you, oh, and Caleb. Shannon and yeah. Hayden shot, was that this year or last year? No, it was this, this year. This year too? This year, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you guys went out not long after that and uh, you, Hayden, and sorry, Jacob, yourself and Shannon shot one, didn't you? No, Hayden. Hayden, Hayden got that's one. what. Yeah, what Zach's referring to. Yeah, yeah that was that was a bit of a three. trippy thing, man. Like yeah. it, we did a cohort shoot and managed three shooters, and it sounded like one shot. And yeah, three three dead animals. It was like okay. was that shoot on one or shoot at one or? <laughs> yeah. Look, I can't. It's that long ago, man, and that much has happened. I can't remember. <laughs> but it was like. Last year, oh, yeah, it's it it's ridiculous. April feels like so long ago, oh, and yeah. we have still got six months to go till April again. You know mm, that sucks. <laughs> it's depressing. How long till April? <laughs> six months. It's my birthday. <laughs> well. It's terrible. It is. It is. It's a great <laughs> At birthday. They say growing. Antlers are growing, right? <clears throat> they are. They are. So, have you been out recently? Um, I went. Uh, last night actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. Was I that where you're eating your little hot meal out? No, no, no. I had that. Um, that was down the southeast, just on a meal. Oh yeah, yeah nice. I ate that with Jared and Dan. Actually, that was that was a pretty cool weekend. Shot a few deer. Um, but I went out last night looking for a deer that a lady once gone on her property, and there was no deer. Said a no deal, no deer. <laughs> wow. But no, it was pretty cool. Just get up there and check out the place. It's always nice checking out new area, new spot. It is. <clears throat> You've been out spotlighting with uh, Couchy recently? Yeah, yeah, Couchy's got a little place in the hills and, and we went out and, yeah, we got a little vixen and a, and a um, dog, so that was all right. Very nice. And a very crow nice. and a, ah, uh, shit, a hare. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I no, blooded my dad's 22, actually. Beautiful. On the Beautiful. crow. <laughs> What'd you rub blood on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, um, it's this time of the year is really good for shooting foxes actually because the pups are out, little yeah. puppies. We got a few, we got five, I reckon, last, that weekend when I was away, which is a couple weekends away ago. And um, yeah, there was pups everywhere. So um, vixens out with pups. So if you guys are out spotlighting and whatnot, and you see a heap of red eyes. That could be fox pups from the mum. Yeah. So and they're only small at the moment, and that's good time of year to get them. This, nice. Well, this yeah. was probably the time last year you and I went here and we tried your fox call. That's and we, right. Like, we literally put the fox call out and we sat, we both sat back yeah. and we were fart-assing around and, and you put, you turned on the call. I turned it on yeah. and played it and he goes, oh, I'll just have a quick Google to work out what to do with it. <laughs> and then it was making the noise and then it sounded muffled. It knocked it over, eh? Yeah. Fox like ran up. Like, maybe a minute and a half of... of Sitting down. Well, like I've got my phone out. And just Sorry, mate. Are they expensive, those things? No, no. No, it was like 360 bucks. <laughs> it's not expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Pocket change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Dad's got a got one of those ones that he bought from one of his mates, and it's got a bullet hole in it. So he was out, out shooting. He's placed the speaker out, and he's gone back, started playing it. He's sitting there on his phone, and he looks up, and a fox has got it in his mouth. He's oh, shot yeah. through the fox into the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the bullet hole came after? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it work with a bullet hole in it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Oh, it does. It's, oh, nice. it's still. Well, it's only a little bit of wire <laughs> with the speaker up the top, and it's mainly body. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so you're only breaking the housing. It'd probably be a little bit like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a scratch in it. <laughs> yeah. Copyright that sound. <laughs> make, make more calls. <laughs> but no, the, the, what, what was that one? That was the um, OSA Australia sell them and that, but it was the Predator call, wasn't it? Like a Primo or something? I can't remember. Was that long? Yeah, I can't remember. There's heaps of them. There's Fox Pros, there's Primos. There's oh, it might yeah. have been a Fox Pro. Fox Pro. Yeah, yeah it was, was really good. But. I lent that to a mate of mine and I haven't got it back. That's how good it is. <laughs> Bastard. Absolutely loves it. So, But, yeah, no, shooting stuff. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lent that back in March, I reckon. But, no, they, you get a lot of foxes off them. Mm. What's yeah, your favourite call? Sorry. No, I've just said I've seen them around a bit. Mm. What's your favourite call for foxes? I've got these, um, they're like little, they look like a, it, it makes, you know how you get the old gum leaf back in the day and you make that... <laughs> Type noise of the gum leaf, but this here is a little plastic thing which is yay big, about a hundred mil long. Two pieces of plastic with a bit of metal through the middle of it. You bite it with your teeth and blow, and it's the best fox whistle. I don't get it, get them off eBay. Mm. I can't remember what they're called, but I know the ones they're like yeah. almost like a pencil shape, they're, they're not yep. that wide, yeah, yep. long, yeah, yep. brilliant. Yeah, that's the most successful fox whistle I've used, really. Yep. By a long shot. I enjoy the down under predator calls. They're they're yeah. pretty good. They come up. They've yeah. got a bunch of three D printed ones. They've got all sorts. And yeah. their squeakers my favourite. What's yeah. the, what was the down under predator calls? Oh, down under. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, guy in WA, brilliant stuff. And he's just done like a big stainless steel um, call. It sounds incredible. That's a yeah. little orange one you had when we went, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got even the flex marks work yeah, right too. They work very well. Yeah, it's a deer call, but it works yeah. <laughs> amazingly yeah. for fox. That's how we called the the foxes up the other weekend. Yeah, yeah, just a few little bleats. Just different, just yeah. a different noise with a bit of a pitch. Yeah, come bolting in. Even the if you if you haven't got a whistle, just go. Suck your, your thumb. Yeah, thumb and your finger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just suck in. I've been out. I've been out with like old old school guys and that, and they've got a piece of um, styrofoam and they rub it on the inside of the glass on the window on the door. Oh, oh they bolt in, man. They he's bolt in, which is very similar to that noise I just made on my lips. All that is is put your lips together and breathe in. I'm gonna use that style. Yeah, wow. Try That's it, cool. man. I guarantee it. Try it, and they do come in. eh? turn yeah. your car off, sit there, come running in. I'm gonna do that because I've, I've found. Personally, with fox hunting, like you got to change up your calls. Yeah. Especially if you're smashing an area. Like when I was young, I used to use the Scotch Guard Predator call a lot, which looks like a, a big big donkey dildo. dick, and uh, <laughs> it worked. It worked for for like quite a few years, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just stopped working. And I was like, "What the hell?" And I went and bought a Primo double reed uh, uh, double gock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, call. And like just that slight change in sound, yeah, like made them froth. It pays to yep. carry a couple of different because if you use one particular one on a property too much, they get used to it. So you change it up, and it's yep. just something different for them. Yeah. So, so we've got to become like the, the duck hunters in the states here. Yeah, just a like lanyard. lanyard full of duck calls. We should just make it in Australia. <laughs> I think I've got about three or four <laughs> fox calls in my bino harness. Get one of those fishing like lure. 
vest, but have cops <laughs> <laughs> in a hat. Yeah, in a hat, yeah. Instead of corks, you can just spin your hat and grab a whistle. <laughs> so, a year of firsts, this is the first year of the podcast. Yeah. I took my first red stag. Well, Josh took his first red stag. Yeah, the video was so it, good. I was like... Oh, okay. Josh's video was... Yeah. Insane. That was insane, man. That, I will never forget that. <clears throat> I, I wasn't even there and I won't forget it. <laughs> yeah. That there was probably the highlight of the whole year, I reckon, that one. Yeah. That, just the way everything unfolded, I was like, I feel like I'm in a, on a movie set and this is all scripted. How how yeah, well... What about the, um, the you know, we had, we had two hunts on that same deer um, over that previous week, so... I remember the first morning we went out, we were a bit late, but it was foggy. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I said to him, I said, don't be disappointed because we're a bit late. And that, because we had a bit of a successful hunt in the afternoon before and it put us into the night later. And then we got up, got out there and parked on the hill where we normally park and we we're punching down the fence line on that. And I said, and then we, I said, pull up, hear that. And it was on, it was on the loose and... But it was still a fair way away from the um, scrub where they were taking cover, and I said to Josh, I said, oh, I said, hang on a minute, because I heard another, heard him roar again, and it sounded like he was getting further away, even yeah. though we were gaining dis- like gaining um, distance towards him, and I, and it went the other way, didn't it? Yeah, there was definitely two. Yeah, it was two deer, like two stags roaring. Yeah. but they both took a different different line to a different patch of bush on the um, property. So we've basically gone the way where I thought he was going to go, the first one, but he um, smarted us and went the other way. And then it was about three or four days later, and this was after I took our – I reckon I took Judd there. Mm. And, um, yeah, we seen a couple of deer. Like one was a nice 12 that jumped into the scrub and took off in front of us, and then the other one was, I think, was a, an eight-point, I reckon. And, um, yeah, didn't see that one. And mm. then I reckon you came back after going home – and then we went out and he went behind us. Yeah. He went up, he cut behind us because we heard him roaring and that. <laughs> We've yeah. gone past. I said, look, if we come him. down here, yeah. I reckon he's going to take this same channel because I was hugging a, um, a stringy bark tree and had the hinds and all that come to within five metres of me the day before. Yeah. And that, w- that was unbelievable. And, um, and I said, this is the path I reckon they're going to take. But that morning when we got out there, the day that you got him, like we ran – K and a half Because I said If they're going that way again They're going hard Because it was a clear morning (laughs) So we ran there Hit the fence line And then I I put my head up And to to get my hearing The best as I could To hear And I heard him roar But he was distant still So I knew he hadn't Cut us off He was in line With where we were And and then I said Look we'll come up Over this hill here And we'll just Get into position and, And get ready and, yeah, we got up over that little lip there. I binoed up, spotted the hinds coming in. Yeah. I said to Josh, I said, mate, she's all about to unfold. <laughs> and um, we sat there next to that yakka bush in the tree. And sure enough, t- what was it, about 12 hinds yeah. walked up yeah. and walked towards us. And I'm like, he hasn't even jumped into our paddock yet, man. Like, he's still over there and he's roaring and carrying on. Yeah. And then... Those hinds come in like 25 metres of us in front of us, as you can see in that video clip. And then he's like jumped the fence and run over towards us and then pulls up, gives a bit of a roar. And I'm like, 
I hope he can hold himself together here because I'm holding the camera. It was pretty epic. And then, yeah, then um, he walked over, gave a bit of a doe, Bleak, and then I gave a little nerd. And then he kind of didn't really stop though, did he? Nah. Because he nah. knew his girls are gone and there's other deer in the area. So he, And then you went, boom. Yeah. Nailed him. And I sort of, I was like, because I was waiting for that broad shot broad side shot yeah and he just wasn't stopping and then when he bailed up uh, to your bleat he's face on and i'm like yeah. ah you know Send like it. that's it <coughs> 70 meters i'm like yeah you know one uh, 168 grain lot it'll it'll be fine yeah i sent every mental power in my brain to, <laughs> to josh to say pull the trigger so i couldn't talk shoot him jacob and then when he went boom and I was like, beauty. And then I saw how the deer reacted. I've, yeah. I've shot a few deer and that I knew that he was stuffed, but I didn't know where how he was quick he'll go pull up. Or how far. <laughs> and then when he's running towards us, I'm like, ready to push the ejecto button or what? I don't know what to do. And then, and then that, and I was just like holding the bit. I was like, you know what? If he runs through me, he runs through me, he's going to hold the camera. <laughs> That's fart. <laughs> it would have made some sick footage if this it ran is, through this you. This is happening. I'm not moving. Yeah. And I'm like... Have you watched it now? Hey. How many times have you rewatched it? Oh, probably a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I watched it a thousand times in that first day it was posted. Because I was getting keen for my red deer hunt. And I've just said... Because who was the first guy you took out for the red? That was Judd. It was Josh. Judd and Judd. then Josh. Yeah, Josh yeah. So seeing these and I'm just like, oh, come on, save some deer for me. And you're, you're ringing me up. You're like, there's plenty around. It's going to be good. And you post that up. I'm like, just watching. I'm showing everyone at work. I'm like, oh, watch this. This is where I'm going. How sick is this? You know? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Martin should have been there on that hunt, actually. Really? Yeah, because that was the weekend that he nearly died, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> yeah. in amongst all the um, mayhem, he's in hospital, and I sent him that, and he's still like, dropping deer down. I thought he was dead because you sent me that something had happened to Martin because we met him around about the same time. Yeah, and then uh, I messaged you when I got home. I was like. Is everything all right? And you must have been just spent. You're just like, I'll talk to you later. So I was like, oh, oh no, he's taking it real hard. He's died. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just a, it was a big day, mate, because like I said, I, like that morning we went out for that hunt and tried to get him in on a deer with a bow. And then he was practically bleeding out. And then the, the rush, I was all flying to the hospital, 170 in my Hilux, and got him there and... I made him do a COVID test before he we went in, even though his <laughs> nose was pouring out blood. Sat him down, made him wait 15 minutes. Made him eight, 18 minutes. Yeah, something like that. And then did the COVID test. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. unreal. We'll just push past the blood clot and so they're coming out your nose. Like, the hospital doors weren't even open. Well, they wouldn't open, but they'd close off the, lock the doors or whatever. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. I ended up going, banging on the door and they came out and test him all up. But yeah. yeah. If you're listening, Martin, you're a lucky man. I was like uh, heaps concerned when we back, went back to Pete's place because we were digging out that pit, and he was like already coughing. And I thought, yeah, yeah don't that stand cough anywhere going. near me when I'm like, just get out of the way. I'll dig this whole thing out because yep. I don't want you to start bleeding out again. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, any minute this dude's just going to start sputtering. You know, <laughs> what are we going to do? Fall on the ground and fit like a jellyfish. No, he's um. I think he knows. She knows what to do now. Manage it, but yeah. Um, yeah. it just shows how well you know your properties when it comes to 
to deer hunting that you're able to put Judd on an awesome stalk and get him on. You're able to put Josh on an awesome stalk and get him on. You're able to put me on an awesome stalk. Like, that was an epic hunt. That it was, was a great cool. morning. Um, we've that gone over it. pulled off... A, well, that was one hunt where it could have went left or right. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, we were like, the wind's going that way, it's going this You're way. You are glassing for a stag in oh, the distance, and then I'm just around. like, Josh, stag! I've just dropped to a knee and just dropped the bolt and bang. How bang. far? About 80, 85 metres. Yeah. Bloody hell. Is I was going to say 100 metres, yeah. Yeah, no, so you, yeah. You've seen it. It takes like 10 steps and then just flops over. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. Oh, uh find it and chuck it on but yeah um it was it just shows how you're like we're going here there's been yeah. this stag this stag in this area um you pretty much take your pick of either one we get onto first if you want to shoot it shoot it if you don't just yeah never force anyone to shoot an animal they don't want to shoot and i don't care what you shoot as long as you're happy when you take it like i always say to everyone caleb's a prime example of that oh, <laughs> he, he, he actually gave me because I didn't carry a gun that morning because I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't too fast about who's shooting what. So I never am. But I said to him, if we see a deer this morning, even if it was that big kahuna, if it was a big kahuna, you're taking it down. He pushed a gun to me and I said, mate, no, you've worked for that deer, man. So press play on that. So you'll hear, oh, the listeners will hear the sound of it anyway. I was so devastated because. You'd said to me a few times, come up, and I had to work through it. The only oh, day I could get did. there, you guys were coming back, and I, I keep seeing all these videos come up. I'm just crying. <laughs> That's gold. It was so good. Um, but, yeah, it's just how well Hainsey knows these properties, the time that he puts into it, and then just the time that he puts back into it, taking guys out to get their, their first buck, their first of a species. It's just just incredible, dude. No, it's much like it's it, yeah, definitely. I um I get a lot of enjoyment out of helping mates and that get onto get onto a, whether it's a first deer or even just a trophy or whatever, or even just a, an animal. Um, but like I've said before in a previous podcast, is learn your property. Um, you know that's the biggest abs- incentive. Uh, what do you what do I want to, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It, nah, like you're going to get ahead of the deer. Um. So yeah, if you learn your properties, you're gonna you're gonna be one step in front of the deer that you're trying to hunt because you you'll know, be able to predict where they're going and whatnot as well, and where they're feeding. Like learn your learn your feeds as well, like what times of the year because summer's different to winter, and like you know coming out of summer with those first few rains, you're gonna get that green pick. The deer are gonna chase that prime green pick and stuff like that, and then when the feed dries out as well from a winter growth, then you, there's a certain time where it's good with the value in the dry feed and then if you get a few rains on that dry feed then the value comes out of it so they go looking for a bit of bush stuff like that yeah but there's knowing your property and then there's knowing your properties like yeah i know where the deer will be on my properties but it's not like how you know your properties like my properties are tiny compared to the the places that you hunt and being able to know that Especially down the southeast, you'll be like, there'll be reds here, there'll be fallow here, there'll be probably rooster here, there could be chittle here, and then you'll be like, we're driving along, and you'll be like, there'll be deer down in this valley here, because there's a green spot, and you know, it's 11 o'clock in the 
in the day and you drive past and there's a young buck just in the middle of the paddock, <laughs> no bush around, just feeding. Like he can call everywhere where there's a deer going to be. Yeah, like you it's definitely got to learn your spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that place though is definitely a mecca. Yeah, oh, I was. <laughs> what a bone it, going it's, in! It's, a bone uh, going out. Man. It's ruined deer hunting for me. So I expect <laughs> every hunt to be. <laughs> no, it is good. Go- and you got you just appreciate every moment you get, even with what you got. If you got somewhere to access that, there's a little gem. Yeah, like it's so nice just to have somewhere to go, meet, catch up with the owner. If you don't know him, if you already do know him, you can catch up with him. Say good day, go out for a walk. If you come out with a deer, it's a bonus. If you don't come out with a deer, what an afternoon. Like It's perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, so how many days in April did you end up spending down down there? Because your family got COVID, so you stayed down there even longer than you were. Yeah, that was an extra 12 days on. So I reckon it was about 20, nearly 28 days out of the month. That's insane. Yeah, plus <laughs> two weeks in March. That's nuts. So <laughs> I had a fair bit of time down there. So you've got a few people on their first reds, their first fallow. Um, early, what, when when did Mel get onto a chittle? That was what, Feb or was that? I reckon the, that might have been either late Feb or early March yeah. as well. Yeah, yep. No, she was stoked about that, which is pre- that was a pretty cool hunt, um, especially because she took a salmon first. Yeah. <laughs> and then shot the chittle. There's um, not many places where you can shoot a samba a chittle a red a rooster in the same area like it's that's right no it's a bit good spot having said that though i have recently seen a few samba kicking around (laughs) certain places of south australia (laughs) like more than what i expected very nice way more um like they're not the growth is not the same as what you see in vic yeah Still a samba. Still a samba. Yeah. They're a cool animal, man. They're yeah. cool. Even the way a rooster and a samba behave is chalk and cheese different to a fallow and a red because fallow and red, as soon as that sun's up and they're starting to feel threatened, they're in the bush, man. Yep. Um, <clears throat> if there's a bit of, little bit of like lantana like, or long grass around or whatever in a um, nice sunny afternoon, the, the samba and the rooster are out on the flat feeding. Like, they're not going far and they're feeling cool. So, yeah, they just go out there in the middle of the day and have fun so i learned something this year with you actually um uh you're talking about like pick at certain times of the year uh you and i were hunting <laughs> of all places <laughs> a swamp <laughs> <laughs> my god man the amount oh, of deer yeah. on that pick coming through that's right oh yeah yeah i said to you i said we're going to hunt the water course and you looked at me and I said, oh, it's, you know, there's going to be, could be a bit of action down there. Cause a few, sorry, we were just coming into, um, that was like midwinter, wasn't it? Or, yeah. Yeah. So it was like a few few good showers of rain in the southeast, which makes like the swampy flats and that get a bit of value in like the, it's like a, it's not a, a grass as such, but it's more like a, what would you call a, a cactus plant? Acidic or a like a... It's uh, kind of hollow, but it's not a grass. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a little. <coughs> don't it only clover, grows maybe. really short. No, it wasn't clover. Um, it's like marsh stuff. But anyway, there's certain times of year with a the deer, they'll they'll eat that, and it's not for a long period. And I said to Josh, I said, "We'll go down the watercourse, man. We'll have a hunt." And he's like, 
oh yeah, no worries, as as we do. But when we got down there, and we we come cruising through, I put my binos up when we got to this certain spot, and. I looked at Josh, but he already had his binos up, and then he put his binos down. And he looked at me, and he was like, "What the heck is going <laughs> on here?" It was like there was a an interview letter sent out to the deer. All oh, meet here, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, well, well, dead set. You know how you hear stories of people like, oh, "There's like sixty deer or whatever in this lot." Dead set. It was just like we sort of first saw like one mob, and then we sort of came around the corner of this um, tea tree. Uh, and then there was just a plethora. Oh, it was literally like sixty deer. Yeah, it was t- ridiculous. It was pretty. It was it was beautiful to watch. Actually, yeah, it's great. Young ones, big ones, fat, like, actually a couple of nice fallow bucks too. There were. Um, and then you, you get like your young spikers and that, and your yearlings, which are playful animals, and they were jumping around doing their thing as well. And we had probably a good half an hour of that time to watch them. Yeah, before we upset that day. Yeah. How cool is it watching young deer play? Oh, like yeah, yeah. a couple of times I've gone out with Elias with the first time I took him out and we seen seen deer, they were swimming and playing like playing dogs. Like they were doing dogs, they were yeah, doing yeah. like fast laps around this dam and just two of them they'd run separate ways each and they'd meet each other, then turn around, run back and just we'll run just around. It up. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, man. And like yeah. middle middle winter cold and they're just Chest deep in water, and they're splashing each other and headbutting each other, and just oh, crazy stuff. Yeah, it's sunny, it's so cool. Sunny mid morning on the deer in winter is a good time for them to be doing that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah, you think you need to get out of bed early, run over the hills and all that and whatnot. Nah, they're waiting for that sun to come up. And yeah. They'll probably pop out of a couple of trees and just play and have a bit of a feed because the sun's out. They just want to capture that warm before they do go back to the bush. Yep. That's what it tends to be as well, but yeah, I I had a um, somewhat successful rut. I took that red stag with Absolutely. you. Um, yeah. Then Breaking I took shot too. then I took a uh, young fallow buck by myself. Then I took my stepson out, and we took a one antlered fallow buck. Then I took Elias out, and we got him onto his first deer. So briefly run over that. We haven't spoke about that on the podcast yet, mate. Oh well, get out. Crack a dawn like we always do. <laughs> get out there and <laughs> went up to the different side of the property than usual because the other side we sort of try to bow hunt, try to <laughs> try to. <laughs> that is where I shot the first fallow buck for the year with the rifle yeah. in there. <laughs> I was just way more open, so you know, we get up, we potter around for a little bit. We start to see a couple of deer, and we thought this is late April, yeah, around the twenty second ish. The earliest I could get out. Yeah, so busy with work and whatnot, but. Uh, yeah, we thought, well, that's going to be our best bet, so let's let's get after them. And, you know, we get to where they were moving to and they were there, and I was like, this is going to be great, sort of set up behind a log. And because uh, I'm obviously nine foot tall, <laughs> <laughs> I was just swallowed by the grass, you know. <laughs> I tried to get into position to shoot. I couldn't even see the deer. I just completely swallowed. So, you know, I start to feel like, oh, no, now this... I'm, I'm not going to get these deer. There's no way that I'm going to shoot one of these things. You know? and I'm like, leave the stuff here. We yeah. backed. We backtracked. So backtrack, we went backwards we, rather than we going forward. Like all the way back down. Gone down gully, into a gully, yeah. Into the gully and then back up the other side and we just caught them. Like t- They were feeding in that direction anyway. We ended up about 100 metres closer. Yeah. So that was good. It and was good. And then, um, yeah, there was a couple of them like standing and playing and one was just feeding under a tree. And I thought, 
that's the one. <laughs> Two hundred and forty yards. Yeah, and uh, you know, I took the shot and just did a little jump, and then walked slowly down the hill, and she was done. She was done, and I said to Zach, like, "Oh, he's like, oh, congratulations, because you know he's shot a lot of deer and whatnot." And uh, he goes, "No, no, I know the body language. That that deer is done." I was still thinking, like, "Nah, like, <laughs> he's I, I'm not going to celebrate till I know." He sure, thought thought know? he missed at first. I didn't like think I he missed. was. I thought maybe uh, you know maybe it was a bad shot, or you know, and I wasn't going to be happy until I'd, I'd I'd confirmed that it was. Uh, I'm like, she's gone down. less. She's gone less than sixty, seventy meters. Like she's she's in that gully, dead. And he's like, "Oh no, nah, I I I just don't know." We've walked over there. And it's just blood everywhere. Yeah, like be. it just what caliber? That my three hundred. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. So just and then uh, actually before we went over there, those other two, three deer were like sort of looking down into the valley, just that's just right, like looking at her. And I, I think you said go grab your bow. So I just sprinted back, got the longbow, and then tried to get into a good position to shoot, but you know too spooked and too fast. So we went on an earlier hunt with that with the bow at one yeah. of my other smaller properties, and you got on. Within like ten, fifteen meters of that spiker, it was just behind the oh, yeah. behind the bushes, yeah. and you couldn't shoot. It was like you thick, had to stare off scrub, like uh, that place at Pete's. You know, it just you can't. I couldn't even move my yeah. Life. It was yep. just too much bow and not enough room. Story yeah. of a bow hunter's life, mate. Yeah. So you had a couple of them. And I'm like, just put the bow down. That's just go. Go get you your first that, deer. That just day, I was like, I'm I'm coming home with a deer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I got to wrestle it. I don't care if I got to shoot it with a with a rifle. I don't. I'm, I'm taking something. My yeah. wife's starting to get real suspicious of all these. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these away trips with guys in the bush, That's you know. It. <laughs> but, you know, we went down and saw the deer, and yeah, she was she was dead, dead. So that was good. And we dragged it to the shade and sort of settled down a little bit. And I was just soaking it all in. Yeah, yeah. special just, moment taking yeah, your first too. We were sitting there, and I just started to hear this thundering, and I was yeah. like, "That's hoof." And I said, "Zach, get ready." He's like, what, what, what? I said, there's a buck coming. And he's like, no, no, it's a doe. Because doe just sprinted like across that same tree that we were just in. I said, no, yeah. no, there's a buck. There's a buck coming. Just a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, one, one, one coming down. And he, uh, he runs down the valley and then comes up to that tree where I shot my yep. deer. And, and uh, just stops. He stopped for a minute because that uh, little bleep, you know. And he met, 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 met. And uh, he sort of looks around. And I had like a... Fox whistle. No, I had a fellow <laughs> call in my, in my bino harness, and I just yep. let out like a fairly deep one. Just like <laughs> croak, and, uh, yep. yeah, croak. And uh, he stopped and he just looked straight at us, like pissed off. And then Zach just dropped him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Funny hell. Yeah, it was, it was something I'm going to remember. Was that a long man. shot or was that a bit closer? That was a bit closer. That yeah. was about 180. Okay. Because we moved to the meat into the shades yeah, just yeah. so we could take it all in and take photos. And we were just yeah, talking. Yeah, picture, good pictures. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was unreal, man. Like, yeah. same tree, you know, and the whole, the way everything just unfolded. Like you said, it was like a movie. You know? yeah. Yeah. So his his bullet was in the, in the, tree, in the tree and then mine was in the tree above it. Yeah. Like, there was like 30 centimetres difference in where the bullets passed so through the deer. So stopped right where you shot that doe in that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. It was unreal, man. It was just the whole thing was just... So we dragged that back to the shade and we were just st- sitting there in awe, like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And Bloody put hell. the deer together, That's took some cool, photos. Man. Not bad for a Projectile in the trees. That's it. Tree's dead now, guys. <laughs> but yeah, we um, hung them up. We'd, actually, we left them there, went and got the car, yeah. hung them up, butchered them, got a fire going, Ate cooked some, some uh, backstrap. Yeah, it was good. It was a great day, man. 
some, some tenderloin. Down. Just I um, as Ilias mentioned earlier, Shit. I carry everything. He actually did. He had bark, and he was marinating it in this piece of bark. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did bit of, bit of oil on this bark, mixed it up with some spices, and then we Sad thread it on sun. a stick. Thread it on a stick and put it over the fire and cooked it on. This thing was like ninety percent chipotle spice mix. (laughs) 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 So it could not be good. That was cooked on the fire. There was some salt and pepper in there too. No, it was was pretty good. Can't be as good as what we did though. We found the best part of an animal you could eat. Oh, the eyeballs behind the eyeballs there. It was stunning. Thank you very much, Steve Ranella. Jeez, man. Man, Raw dough. Yeah, hacking into this. Well, he was hacking into this thing. He's like, "I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do that. It sounds killer." Is it really the meat behind the eyeball? Is that what you said? Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. bit of fat yeah. behind the eyeball yeah. tastes there's, like there's a little raw bit of meat there on on the fallow as bread well. Bread dough, yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, cut it out. And because I, I remember looking at you, Josh, and I was like, "Oh, do you want to give it a go?" He's like, "Yeah, why not?" Do you cook it up? Right. Or you just yeah, no, nah, raw, yeah. straight on the swing on. Yep. You need, you need to eat that bit of fat raw. That's where it tastes like cookie dough. Man. Bread dough. Oh, it yeah. didn't look like cookie dough. Yeah, it didn't. It looked more meaty, actually, than, than dough. But there was a little bit of sticky fat on there. But I remember, did you have some first or did I? I think you, you did. Or your brother oh, might have. I, no. <laughs> did you? Because <laughs> your brother just looked at I remember like, your brother looking at me going, what the fuck is this? Speaking of your brother, what the fuck moments when you guys left me? You had the oh. gate. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to ask. It was a cracker, man. Because I, I, I pissed like, a, like, because I'm always stopping to piss. Like the car did like forty meters. We forty meters. Wee. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I've got a bladder of a wo- a woman, but yeah, we pulled up to this gate and cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're something pull- else, man. I, 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 we stop constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just so. I just like the fresh air, man. He's trying to break the the South Australian drought. Yeah, (laughs) I have this year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Put enough moisture back into the air, I've broken it in Queensland and New South. This is pretty funny because we honestly thought he got in the car, eh? You've got to tell it. Yeah, I got out to take a pee. They got out to open the gate. No, you got the gate. I got the gate. We drove up and thought that he um, had, like, because he took more than. Five minutes. I thought we thought he got in. So it was like five minutes. It was like two minutes. Yeah, I've well, opened I'm the gate. The I've drove through. I've shut the gate. Yeah. I've just taken a piss, and then I've turned around, and the Can't car's go. halfway down the paddy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they'll be back in a minute. So I just started walking. The headlights disappearing over the ridge line. It was it was the middle of the day. Yeah, middle and of the day. Blaring music. <laughs> doof, doof. Yeah, and Josh is a techno. Dance music yeah, I love, Like I, love I, I did not dance. pick it I was real surprised yeah. actually Yeah so was <laughs> Tearing up traffic In this yeah. bloody doof, doof, doof. Yeah. And he's out the window Like And I'm just watching This car disappear It goes over a ridge <laughs> And then Disappears And then goes up Another ridge And disappears I'm like They'll realise soon And jo- Josh said something To Jordan And then Jordan Goes to say something To me in the back seat And he goes Josh Your mate's not in the car <laughs> He's like what do you mean? He's just hang on. Where the fuck's my mate gone? <laughs> See, I want to know if that was a stitch up. Is yeah, that a stitch it up? Sounds no. like a stitch up, mate. I'm I honestly just, like when Josh has got his music on. I could not believe it. Eh? We were like, oh no, 
people are freaking out. Have you ever seen those videos where like mums leave their kids yeah. in the little you know carry capsule like at the supermarket? That's what that, that's what happened to you. Oh. Yeah, I was just standing there like mean, they'll realise five minutes and then I just hear the car like turn around and I just see it coming back. And they're both pissing we themselves cry, laughing. Crying, they're, they're, they're like, had a, they're had a, like you know, you get those really hard stitch things and <laughs> you're laughing too hard. Me and him both had that. <laughs> but Jordan, he just did not stop apologising. He's like, he I am so. He felt so bad. He's like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm like, man, that's the funniest shit that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, so funny. The, the stories you get out hunting is just. It's great. It's living, man. So yeah, we've gone from you getting your your first deer to then Hainsey taking you out a few months later for your first first bark. Yeah, it's been a good, I mean, like good success rate this year because I've barely been out hunting at all. <laughs> oh, it was great to get you out, man. Um, and that because you, you put in a lot of effort as well, and you're passionate, which I I, try I, hard, I yeah. do love a passionate hunter. Yeah, like I love it, man. Not only do you. Practice at home, running on a treadmill, you know, <laughs> shooting. I don't know how far that target is in your backyard at home. Every minute you get, even when you're not, even when you are asleep, you probably sleepwalk doing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's but from no, his bed, just launching oh, arrows. Yeah. He's probably <clears throat> you're probably the most famous. Um, what do you call it? Recurve, isn't it? Well, I mean, I shoot recurve, trad bow, trad bow, longbow, yeah. whatever shooter in Australia. He loves just a good bit of wood in his hand. He loves wood. I love it. He's always slinging wood around. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, what they say. But no, to take him out and and whatnot and try and get him a deer and that that morning there was just no chance. They were out in that crop and they were staying there. Yeah, eh? you looked at me like I'm not going to pressure. I was like, give me the gun. Begging. I'd carried that as a as an option. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I wasn't going to shoot one. I didn't need didn't need to shoot one that morning. And I, I, I said to him, "Look, mate, if we can't get any clues, I didn't even you get didn't it finish out." This and he's like, "Already had the gun on his shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> cocked. He's just <laughs> dropped the bolt. Like, let's go." But Why is he the challenge was <laughs> the challenge of that was though. Even though you, you swapped the bow for a gun, we still had to go through an open paddock. Yeah, over a, a mound, like through a sorry, through through a, through a flat. Over a little mound, then over a hill, into another scrub, and then up that scrub line, and they were still out of sight. We're like, it was like if we back up a bit, like we saw them, yeah, and they were like obviously way out of range, and we didn't know what they were going to do because they were just sort of standing around feeding a little bit. So it was like a fairly lengthy discussion, like, oh, you know, what should we do? Should we try and follow this scrub around, get around the other side, come up on the other side of them while the wind's going good this way? Maybe we should just wait. And that's what we sort of decided as they started to come up the hill. Like over, like towards the ridge. Yeah. And we decided, okay, what we'll do is we we'll wait for them to d- disappear on the other side of the ridge, and then we'll get after them. You know. That's right. Blocked by the. And that was probably a good forty <coughs> minutes. But they they were just coming down and then going up almost to the top and then coming back down again. Yeah. And this happened. Teasing like, you. Oh, I was, I was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> Same thing. Like, this is not going to happen today. He went from full excitement to doubt <laughs> <laughs> to hang on. They're going. Oh, they're coming back down again. Yeah. Oh, they're going over. Oh, they're coming back down again. You said to me at one stage, like, what you do is you're just going to crawl in like 300 yards or whatever and just. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to be able to see because the grass was like my chest height, his knee height. (laughs) I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to shoot something in a prone position. Yeah. You know, from uh, if I crawl in, I'm just not going to be able to do it. So they just disappear and then like we just legged it. Yeah, it went across there pretty quick. We got to like. 
halfway to that first little watering yeah. hole. Yeah. And uh, I was like, drop my bow, drop yeah, my Yeah, drop his bow and quiver and, and stuff. flag. Yeah. <laughs> so I could flag. find it again. Yeah. And I was like, uh, let's go, man. And we yeah. pushed up and around the scrub. And oh, we got to the other side of that ridge and they were gone. I was That's like, right. Just, that. uh, we're not there. And I've, like, I think the deer are like, they're just there one minute and then something happens and they just disappear into the floor. You know, they're just completely <laughs> gone. So that's yeah. what I thought had happened. And uh, you said, oh, we'll try and get on the other side of them, go through the scrub and just follow that in. And uh, I did that. You know, we all went through there and you were like trying to snap sticks off and things. Saying, oh, you know, use this to help you shoot and whatnot. I was like, that's just as like a, um, Almost a shooting like a, stick yeah. type thing. Too too much. For yeah, me just because the um, the height of the crop was too high, so yeah. he couldn't lay down and use a bipod. We didn't know how far the shot was going to be. It was just an option. So you know, if you're ever out there, you don't and you think, oh, you know, I need to push into a, a crop or a yeah. scrub or whatever, like high grass to get a shot done. Just grab a bit of nut mother nature and snap her into gear and yeah. get it in the right shape and and use that. Even a yakker. Mm. It was but just too too much for me to juggle. Didn't have to though. You <laughs> just ditched the stick, held her, up, <laughs> held her up straight, and dropped him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a cool I, video. You like uh, said, oh, there's a little hole in the fence here, duck under. Yeah, see if you can see him. And as yeah. soon as I got up there, I see, started to see the spike and sort of just popping their head over the side, over the yeah. top of the ridge. And I thought, oh, they're here. I don't want to shoot one out. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, where's the where's that buck? It was the only one we saw with the antlers. And um, I just thought I'd just wait for a minute and get comfortable. At first, I tried to like lay prone, but like I said, nah, I no chance. Couldn't even I couldn't see anything. So I ended up sitting like. On the heel of my other foot, I put my butt on that and then propping one leg up, balancing the rifle on my knee and then just looking through the scope and he, he just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, like, he come up. That was yeah. good to watch, man. I, I snuck up behind him without yeah. telling him because I didn't want to put him off his um, – didn't want to make him feel any pressure than what was already on him. So I just snuck up behind him and got the got in position with the camera and filmed it all for him. Yeah. And uh, you know he was he kept moving too, and I was thinking, just stop, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just stop for one second. And if you watch that video, he stops, yep. puts his head down to feed, so he completely can't see a thing. Bang! And he flicks his tail once, and I was like, no, nah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flick your tail up at me, mate. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's because of the um, F18 Hornet mosquitoes. Yeah, mate. Oh man, <laughs> those photos you see with oh, these all these unreal, black man. dots above. It looked like choppers in the distance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's full just on, black orcs. Sort of ran downhill for two steps and then circled back another three steps and yep. then just fell over. Yeah, good. It was a great shot. So what about us? Someone that shoots trad bow pretty much every day hasn't had too much experience with rifles. Right. His first two deer, he's taken out with three hundred wind mags that he's never shot before, and just handled it like an absolute champ. How much rifle experience did you have? <laughs> I probably shot a rifle like five times, maybe. Hell, he had a cap gun and a nerf gun before this. No, like, yeah, I, got a, I got a couple of mates that live up in Harrogate and they um you know, we do a little bit of sheep shooting out there, but I tend to take my bow with for that. I shot a sheep with a feral sheep, this feral is sheep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two, two, three there like maybe two years ago. And then that was the last time I touched a gun before I went out with you. And I hadn't touched one in between going with you. So so just hang on, you've, you've got your license now. Yeah, yeah, and I've had my license for ages. So I just, oh, you have? Yeah. Just Bloody hell. I just love like my trad bows, man. Do you want to tell us what happened a couple of days ago? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've said to, you know, obviously, they've got this band thing that's coming through for bow hunting, so that's got me, uh, you know, I don't want to miss out on hunting because I can't do it the way that I have been doing it. 
So I was like tossing up between going for like a musket. <laughs> well, I said, I said, can you go buy like a, a flint lock? Flint, flint locks here, because I'd be all about that. <laughs> Josh's face right now. You're keen. Look, I'd do it, but Hell after yeah, I've had it. years of experience with a rifle, <laughs> and I've some gone from like success, no hunting experience to bow hunting straight away, and then after I killed a few animals with the bow, I straight to trad. Yeah. Don't forget, this is a guy that's gone from being a vegan and hating life because of it <laughs> <laughs> to getting into archery and bow hunting, taking a few animals, and then this proposed bow hunting ban has just absolutely rattled him. Oh, I'm having his having an existential crisis over here. That that rates a whole heap of questions, <clears throat> man. Well, just we're just going to bank up some questions here in the <laughs> in the bank. One, you're a vegan, mm. and now you're a meat eater and a hunter. Okay, so my wife, when she was my girlfriend, you know, we'd been living together for a while, and she said to me, I think I want to be a vegetarian. And I was like, oh, what? Because she was this stage in our lives, she was watching a lot of documentaries and things. So she'd watched one of these things, and, <clears throat> you know, these ones that are put out by, like, Peter and animal welfare people. And she said, I want to do that. And I said, all right, well, I don't like to be dogmatic about things. You know, so if I haven't done something, how can I be certain, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not the the right way or the, you know, the way to do things. So I thought, yeah, I will be vegetarian. And I was vegetarian for like a week. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go full vegan. And we lived like that for, for ages, you know, just eating plants and beans and supplements and various other things. and Lawn clippings. You know, <coughs> I got really into it, you know, really, really into it. I got sucked right down the rabbit hole. You know, and um, again, not wanting to be dogmatic about things, I started to think, hang on, all these vegetables are coming from somewhere. Obviously, they're like clearing crops and just killing everything that's on that land. It seems like it's just as much death, if not more. And then I met a hunter through work and uh, he changed my whole perspective on on, on hunting. You know, he, um, he'd been hunting since he was six. He said to me, like, you got to imagine these animals that you see in these documentaries where they put into trucks and things and, you know, transported around the country, you know, they're living a very stressful life all the way up to their death, you know, especially the last few days where they're being transported and taken to the slaughterhouses and whatnot. He goes, when I go out hunting, the animal doesn't even know I'm there. He's just having a great day. He's eating, he's sleeping, he's doing whatever he needs to do. And then I shoot him and he dies. Like, it's the most peaceful way to go. He goes, if I was an animal, I would rather die being shot by a hunter, mm-hmm. then have to go through the whole process of, you know, factory farming and whatnot. And I'll you imagine like, being chased by a chopper and then shot through the back? Well, that's another thing, the culling and things like that as well. But I didn't even know about that stuff at that stage because no one I knew growing up hunted, like nobody. Yeah. And that's the problem with the modern world is you just – people's fathers and grandfathers and things don't do not do it, you know. So Yeah. Is your missus – Bridge across to me. Oh, yeah, she came straight across with me. She did? Yeah, I came home, like, that day, and I was like, I'm going back to eating meat. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Thank fuck. I've yeah, been waiting for this. Like, <laughs> Tell me why. And I, we had a long discussion about it, and um, and I said, I'm going to start hunting too. And nice. she's like, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, I'm, I'm going to find a way. And I just found us too. Yeah, well, I've been super <laughs> persistent ever since, you know. Yeah. I, I actually found him. I've seen these videos of him running on the yeah, treadmill. Yeah, like shooting carp. <laughs> 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 no, I, I got him onto bow hunting. He was uh, bow fishing. He was pretty, um, like, he's like, 
who wants to shoot fish with a bow? That just sounds boring. Like it does not sound fun. I'm just like, dude, just trust me. Just come out with me and you're going to have a hell of a time. And yeah, since then he's, that's been his main obsession. Yeah. Anyway, I want to go back to your question. So <laughs> you were saying like making the leap back, you know, my wife, she came across with me too. And then at the start, you know, I showed her some hunting videos even before I hunted and she was a bit like, oh, that's a bit sad. And I was, you know, we talked about why it might be sad and wasn't sad and, she is now at the place where she like she's really accepting of me hunting, and she's like wants me to do it more so that we can have more meat in the freezer. But uh, the first time I ever out went out on a real hunt, like uh, was with that guy from work, and uh, he had shot. I just went as like a tag along sort of thing, and um, he'd shot a couple of these feral sheep, and he said, "Oh, you're gonna butcher them." And I'd never like I was still like fresh back into eating meat again. Yes, I hadn't even touched an, an animal with a knife. Yeah, yeah. never touched one before like that. And uh, yeah. he's like, well, "We're gonna hold the leg out like this, and you know, make the cut." And I thought in that one moment, like, if there's ever an instant in my life where I was like, "This is just not for me," this is like this as is personal it. as you can get. I'm now yeah. holding a dead animal, and it's still warm. Yeah, and I'm about to cut it, you know. And as soon as I made that first cut, I was like, "This is for me." Mm, yeah. This is this is for me. I'm, but I, it, even like what you're this. saying now, mate, is as if people like don't agree with us guys that hunt for meat for our families and whatever else. That's their opinion. But you know, from the first time you go out and you harvest an animal and take its life to feed your family, yeah, you know that you're not going out there and aggressively hunting an animal because you want to kill. You're going out there to feed your family yeah, and yourself. Exactly. So it's or just pest different. control. That's right. Even vermin control, whatever. You like, know, man. You come home, yep. you bring the food home, and you process it all. Yeah. The whole thing is a task, you know. Yep. And then you finally sit down with your family or your friends or whoever is coming around, and you have a meal. Yep. And one, like being a vegan, I still do it now. You know, we grow vegetables and things like that in your house. That's really rewarding, you know. You spend so much time, like... <laughs> What's a vegetable? I can see your vegetables <laughs> outside. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. It's, it's, but it's you know, you put a lot of time yeah, into yeah, it. You know, caring yeah, yeah. for these animals, like the, the vegetables yep. and whatnot, and when you feed them to yourself or to other people, it's rewarding. When you have gone through the process of hunting, it's like 20 times more rewarding. You've had yep. to put so much effort into the practice and yep. skill acquisition and learning tricks and things like that, and then actually processing everything and then cooking it it's a huge task it's a man. commitment it's it's definitely it's a it's a relationship as well i, I see it as it's a relationship with your food it's absolutely yeah. you yeah. got to go out and find it man yeah. like i can't like i say to you guys like when you've come down i said i can't guarantee you anything but we can go and have a try so you guys have, have gotten into your car driven 350 k's down the southeast oh. you know I left at two o'clock in the morning to come right. down and hunt with you. Didn't sleep, and that deer was at down by six thirty. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah. you're sacrificing a lot too, away from your families and friends, and and coming down to get this stuff too. But you're also hanging out with mates while you're doing it. But you know what I mean. Like you, you see the avenue I'm trying to um, point across. The meat's a massive part of it, but yeah. the relationships, the friendships you make, like yeah, I wouldn't know. Make the the three yeah. of the three of you, I would not know e- any of yous without hunting. Like we all live in the same city, but you know Adelaide's a small city. But we still none of us would have known each other no. if it wasn't for that mutual thing That's of right. hunting. And, <coughs> and through my hunting, like from what I've done, and I've only been a hunter since two thousand and thirteen as well. But you know the people I've met, the experiences I've had, I wouldn't have got that growing a veggie garden. No. <laughs> the other thing as well is like the way that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Hunters are sort of like pictured, I don't like to say in the media, but, you know, the opinion <laughs> of hunters is like, maybe they're like uh, heartless, unopinionated sort of people. You know, not unopinionated, like heartless people, you keep to themselves. Cowboys. You know. Yeah, cowboys. But th- that's how they're smashing this bullshit, mate, because they're, they're labelling uh, what I would call children that shoot an animal incorrectly uh, and they're labeling I wouldn't say it's children. So, so the way the media propri- a lot, uh, uh, portrays us is it's a fair statement, man. Yeah. They're, tar- they're tarring a lot of people with a brush that it is very um, unnecessary. Yeah. Those I mean, guys yeah. that have done those yeah, sorry, let go. unlawful and stupid decisions to, t- to, to shoot an incorrect animal um, and then make it hard for everyone else that has a passion for it and does the right thing, practices day in, day out and becomes a... A marksman in that um, field, you know, and then the government turn around and say, oh, "I'm going to ban it." Like, and then banning bow hunting without banning the equipment, and this stuff's still going to happen because any idiot can go down to a sporting goods store and buy a two hundred dollar bow with cheap seven dollar arrows with field points, and then go yeah. shoot a stupid kangaroo or go shoot a yeah, you know. But even even if they did, it's the the fact that. They're not thinking of sales throughout Australia, South Australia. You know, there's only a few archery shops here that mainly sell to hunters that hunt. I can't see, excuse me, a lot of target guys going through a lot of gear in a weekend as to where we might lose a few arrows. We need to go back to that shop and visit and buy some gear. So, you know, it's the knock-on effect. And bow hunting's not cheap, (coughs) either, really. No, it's not. You're spending heads and an arrow. You're flinging an eighty dollar arrow towards an animal, so you, and, and you, you're not going to go and do it light handedly without having experience. You want to make sure that arrow is going to the spot, so you can get your arrow back and exactly. harvest that animal. Sorry, man. Well, keep going. With what you're saying <clears throat> before? Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like you know, the communities mm. seen from the outside as like people who are just cowboys. But, you know, I hadn't been shooting a bow heaps long, or I actually. Had been shooting it for a while, but I started posting on Instagram, and then I got a message from you saying, "Like, you know, let's hang out sometime or whatever." Let's go bow fishing. You started messaging me, and I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know, just Bambi's enemy. This guy is. Everyone (laughs) I've ever met who's been a hunter has just been like good, wholesome people, man. You know, like you said, just because we value life. Yeah, mate, and that's what bull. A value, good food, friendships. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. I actually think a lot of a lot of the general population could learn a lot from the community of hunters. Not sh- not cowboys and, and children, but hunters. I've learned more than I ever would if I wasn't uh, just impregnated into this life. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like, just the friendships, the stuff I've learned, um, it's just... The value of food is a huge thing Absolutely. that we in a Western society as well take for granted, especially here in Australia. We don't have a food culture per se. I mean, you can't call a pie floater a fucking culture. <laughs> um, so we don't really have a food lifestyle. Our food, <laughs> our food culture comes from, uh, comes from other cultures, right? But we miss the fact that we could. We could have, a we wild, could have this, wild this game lifestyle culture. A, a, around... Food, uh, through hunting and, and through these things, and and you know sharing it with everybody. 
I know I'm sort of like jumping across a few topics, but you and me, Josh, we cut up some sheep this morning. Yeah. Took it to my, my missus' parents, man. Lord, froth. I get brownie points, man. Like, <laughs> I don't get brownie points. Yeah. Like, just instantly. She's like, yep, cool. Like, you're my favourite <laughs> son-in-law. <laughs> but that's like you say, Josh, you know, you, you go on there and you're blessing someone else with a, with a, with a mm. freshly harvest animal that, that's been born and bred on a farm, you know, You've taken its life and, and done what you have to do, but that's what happens on a farm here in Australia. Mm. You know, and then we've we've brought it back, we've refrigerated it for five days, we've cut it up, and it's going to feed the family for the next four or five weeks. Then you're going to do it again. But there's also it's this been thing. happening ever since I was born. Yeah, you know, there's it's been happening generations and generations. So there's also this thing these days where. people in the suburbs don't know their neighbours, so they don't get along. Like. Most people in suburbs wouldn't know what their neighbour does for work, doesn't know their name. Um, so I grew up in the in the Adelaide Hills, moved down with my wife to her house down in the suburbs and we had a new neighbour move in six months after I, I moved in and his first experience with me was me carrying a scunned deer into my garage over my shoulder and then butchering it in the middle of the garage. He's moving in, he's come over, said g'day because he's from the Adelaide Adelaide Hills too, and he just sees me carrying this deer in, and he he's like, out. "He's like, what's that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a deer." He's like, "Oh, we have deer." I'm like, "Yeah, man, up up in the hills." He's like, "Oh, that's awesome." So I cut him up I some. Said it was the last neighbour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I cut him up some, up. gave him some, you know. So yeah, he, you know, yeah. I'm like, "Oh, you got dogs? Here's some bones for your dogs." Next door neighbor chatting to on the other side, chatting to them, and I'm like, "Oh, you guys eat meat?" And his wife wife's like, "Oh, no, I'm a oh, vegetarian." Yeah. And he's like, "He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I eat meat, but I just cook it for myself." I'm like, "All right, here's some venison." Next day he comes over and he's like, "Man, that was incredible. That's so good." And then she's come over and she's like, "Oh, so what do you do with like the deer heads and the antlers and stuff?" She's like, "My dad would really love some." I'm like, "Well, when we shoot them, they're kind of like." Memories for us So I don't really part with The heads and the antlers That I take and find But you know You can go up to the forest And walk around And find your own So this time of year You you can just walk down a fence line Walk down pine rows And go find your own And she's like What do you mean? I'm like Well the antlers grow every year They drop off They grow Grow again And they grow bigger And she's like I did not know that Like They were just blown away That you know these Ignorance things happen. Bliss, bro. It's Ignorance it's crazy. Bliss, like, you know, with the general population. It, this topic grinds my gears, man. It really grinds my gears because out of, like, everything that's happening with the shooting community, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, exactly. But, um, like, the whole bow ban, we already know that, like, the, the Labor and, and the Greens are, are trying to etch away our... our Firearms rights and laws and things like that, the bow ban, everything is against shooters. And I just feel it's because we've removed this part of society, like of, of our culture, our history, the way that we've managed to get where we are today as a whole, as a world, uh, and that is hunting. They've removed that out of society so much. It's this foreign concept, and we're now just. Martyrs, we're labelled as 
martyrs or, or something, and it, 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 I don't understand it. it it's <laughs> <laughs> the Hainsy's just bored. He's checking yeah. his social medias. Um, it's it's a mixture of like people being Disney-fied, like watching all these Bambi movies growing up where animals have character and personalities. Well, it's and then it's, a, it's not just that, man. It's direction of the media too and also, um, you know, government strategies. It's not well. just... No, just look at it like just from the supermarket's perspective. It's just that people go to the supermarket to buy meat and they don't go to buy animal parts. You know, it's just... They have no connection to that being a living thing. You go buy a pack of chicken breasts that's never been yeah, a thing absolutely. well you that's just go and buy a part yeah, of an animal foam tray and a bit of glad wrap with a sticker on it exactly you're yeah. going to buy an item you're not going to buy an animal so that's where funny. us and the vegans could yep. kind of meet on one point because you know you see these extreme activists going to supermarkets and saying you know when you're buying milk you're buying something that's from an animal when you're buying a chicken breast you know this is from an animal they understand it's from an animal and we understand it's from an animal. But then you've got those people in between that just go and buy an item like you're saying. So that's like one spot where we can meet in the middle with these extreme activists. Like we both understand it's coming from an animal, but we're looking at the animal as a whole rather than as an individual as they are. Having been on both sides of the coin now, like I can see there's a lot of similarities between the two of us. Like, the two different groups of people. 100%. Oh, it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that. I had this theory, uh, and it's just mostly from watching YouTube um, <laughs> and, think, and shows like Alone. Alone's yeah. a great one, to yeah, be honest, yeah. because there are a number of men and, and women that go on that show that, to me, they come across quite mm, lovey-dovey and sort of all for peace and maybe... Maybe if I was to stereotype them, I'd say, oh, you're a vegan. <laughs> that's the way they look and act and, and things like that. And there is a bit of a stereotype there. Um, but you know what? They're on these shows and they're like catching fish, you know, catching rabbits, shooting things with their bow. And, and you're just like, well, okay, so has this been – has this gap been bridged between that – stereotypical vegan, hippie vegan and hunters and now they're starting to realise the nutrients, the benefits and this and that between the two. Nah. No? <laughs> no. I'd say that 90% of the vegans that I've talked to and met are just, they're living in a, having been a hunter now, they're, they're living in a dream world. Uh, a Disneyland. Almost like a Disneyland, you know, where these animals, you know, they, if you were to say to them, hey look, you know that um, you know, this animal that I've shot is an old buck and he's going to be, you know, too weak for fend for himself before long and be ostracised and then die a slow, painful death of starvation as he, you know, his teeth fall out his head or whatever. They can't, they wouldn't be able to mentally picture that. No, 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 no. They, there's they a meme I've seen where, you know, there's this deer. In a hospital, hospital bed. bed <laughs> <laughs> and all his family are around him. It's ridiculous, but that's the idea. It's you know, like how vegans picture animals dying in the wild. That property, you know, the one in Mount Torrance we go to. And uh, might have been the first time I went hunting, or with you anyway, or the second, I don't know. But there was like a deer that had got its leg trapped in a piece of fence and just spun himself out and it just died there. Like it was, it was, it was a the worst way to die. There is no humane 
way to die in the natural world. They either die from starvation, they die from infection, from fighting with another animal. Like with deer, they have their antlers to fight. They pierce each other with these antlers. They'll either kill each other by going through the vitals with the antlers or they'll die from infection. And then even if they don't, they'll have these injuries. So that buck that I shot this year with the one one antler, his skull was all cracked and he had a piece of antler hanging down from his head. Yeah, the one I shot with you. Yeah, like these deer will break legs and they'll keep living. Like they don't have the same sense of pain as we do. They have an instinct to survive. So if they get hurt, they're just going to push on as far as they can and survive as long as they can. So us going out there, shooting it with a bow, shooting it with a rifle, that's the quickest death that animal is going to have Mm. because otherwise it's going to die from dehydration, starvation. Like there's not just old age, it's starvation. All their teeth are gone. They can't drink. They can't make it to the water. They die. Crows peck out their eyes. Wild dogs. We just harvest. Yeah. Yeah. Had a dislocated leg. So, you know... We thought the ideal thing to do for that, which we knew our, like what the right thing to do was, was to, to hunt that camel. We had to put him out of his misery. There's no way he's going to be able to push out of this area mm. to get to the area that he needs to. All his mates have already left him mm. and he was withering away. So we just, instead of a slow, sad, lonely death, we just fast-tracked it and put him out of his misery. Well, with the amount of wild dogs in that area, they yeah, would have they would have well. caught him and just yep. ate him arsehole first. Like, yep. there is no human... Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it brings it back to an, un, un, an educational issue to the general general public, but no one wants to hear gruesome shit. And, that, and that's the thing. I think the main issue we're dealing with, especially with this Deputy Premier, Susan Close, is a mixture of ignorance and uneducation like they just oh, they just some, don't know i think some finances like grease in their pockets bro a hundred percent from what i know about this susan close her dad is a, a mega animal rights extremist as well so that's where it's it's stem from plus you know she's got ties to greenpeace rspca has anyone offered to take her out on a hunt and and show her she's a meat eater isn't she no, I, I I wouldn't say so with the stances that she has. Imagine the pressure. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you, you could take her out of bow hunt, and uh, I don't know the animal that you've been presented with is standing close, but he's semi aware that you're there, and you gut shot the thing right yeah, in front of her. This is where you know. Yeah. I guess this is where you're gonna someone who's gonna take her out is good under pressure. You know. Look, we, what the way the avenue I'd take with someone like that would be would be go back to where it starts on a farm. Mm. You'd go yep. down there, you'd get a sheep into the yard, you let it empty overnight, and you go in there and you'd cut its throat. So, and they're they're not caring about they don't care about how the animal dies. They their issue is that we're killing this animal. They're seeing this animal as an individual, as in you or I. No, so they, they were they using the, they, they were caring about the way it was dying, man, because they were saying suffering. It's a it's a slow death. Right, yeah, right. I know, but they they're, they're looking at this animal as it's an individual. They think it's most of these people think it's equivalent to murder. If they could make it that an animal has the same rights as you and I, that if I shot a deer. I could go to jail because I've just murdered that deer. That's what they're thinking in their head. So if you're taking these people out hunting with you, 
they're just going to think like you're a Nazi killing a Jew. Like that's how they. That's just how they're going to. That's just how they're going to see. They it. Might think I know you're like laughing, that. Elias, laugh. but this is, this is, it's, <laughs> it's. But that's what they're gonna. The, the, they're the, they're the going thing to. That you were trying to show someone like that is though, if you took him out and did it my way, is you're going to be showing them. What it takes to get to that position before you pull the trigger or release Absolutely. the animal. So and there was secondly, how you, um, you know, break that animal down and get it into a, a cold position. So which is the, in the in the chiller and again, the, how, where it processes out and lands on your table at home. The way they're looking at it, so they're not looking at that deer as a deer. They're I, looking I at that yeah, as yeah. a sentient being. Not that far gone with him. These these people are so. They're looking. So, if you're going to go shoot that deer in front of them, they're looking at it as you just murdered something, and then you start gutting it and breaking it down. They, it's like someone torturing and torturing another person, and then butchering a person in front of them. That's how they're seeing it. Has They've anyone got bu- said to the, the like your ancestors got you to this point today? They, that you're alive they don't care because you did sustainable hunting. This is you a, trace the lineage. This is back the problem: is we're, we're having logical arguments to an an emotional ar- argument, you know, it's like you can come in with all the logic you want, but, yeah, but you're not listening to You me. bridge that gap, bro. I'm not like most people. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm aware of that. And it's because... You hunted with him? <coughs> he uh, hasn't yet. Naked, 80%. Eye of eye. <laughs> <laughs> naked, eyes roll back like a white pointer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, don't, like I said, I, there's no point in becoming dogmatic or or being dogmatic about anything. You have to experience things to form an opinion about them. And that's like a, a very un... The problem with, right, the problem with the, vegan, uh, the vegan people... Now I've shot fires. fires what do you call it? I've Shots, Shots fired. Thank you. Is that their identity is attached to their ideals. So like being a vegan is part of their physical identity. So if you question anything that's not vegan... Or you question their veganism, or put logic on it. You're then not you're not attacking the veganism. You are now attacking them. So that's how hunters need no, to be. That, no, that's uh, that's identify as a fucking yeah, hunter. That's that's how are I seen feel. As hippies and and harmless people. They're they're peaceful to the to the I'm world harmless. and to nature. And then you get that way with. Well, I'm telling you now, they sleep at guns night. In your hands. They're going to be thinking, "Oh, this guy's a great. He's threatening me now." I'm telling you now, they sleep at night. To the tune of fucking oceans and all this shit, because fucking brave have you men been to my house? have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when your window's foggy at night. That's Josh. Just they've fought with violence to keep them in that position, mate. Yeah, I, I with just, extreme fucking. But you violence. can't you can't tell them that. So there yeah, was a, there was I can a d- show them videos. There was a yeah, but again, that's the equivalent of showing someone getting murdered to them. They don't. They don't care about mm. that. So and there was so a br- there was a brilliant documentary a couple of years back with a politician called Robert Borsak. I'm not sure if you guys mm. know who he is. He's Shooters Fishers Farmers Party in mm. New South Wales, and then another bloke called Steve Lee. They d- they did a program called Living with the Enemy. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of Living with the Enemy, but what what they did they went out with two extreme animal rights activists. So they spent a week on a farm hunting. And then they took these animal rights activists hunting and then Rob and Steve went and lived with the animal rights activists in their house. So they went hunting, they went shooting, you know, 
the animal rights activist, she's crying and she's freaking out when the gunshots are going off and she's, you know, seeing seeing these together, man. <laughs> see seeing these pigs get shot and she's an emotional wreck. Like like her dad's just been murdered in front of her. Like she could not cope. Then Rob and Steve went and lived with them in their animal rights house, you know. They were crying. They've, they've <laughs> couldn't believe in those beans out of a tin. <laughs> they've, They've broken, they've broken into these farms and stolen piglets and they've got this pig in like a pig wheelchair. It's back ends, like two <laughs> wheels. <laughs> At least he's gone. He's, he's ran away. And they ask the hunters, Steve and Rob, what their thoughts on that. And one of them goes, my initial thoughts was meals on wheels. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so they've gone from one extreme to the next. That's where Uber Eats came in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Elise is gone. He's he's lost it. I'll have to find the link. I think you have to pay for it Please these days. But it's it's incredible to watch just because it puts that perspective into motion where that they're not looking at these animals as animals. They think they're a sentient yeah, being, equivalent to, to of you that, and I. Uh, to me, that is an imbalance in your hormones in your brains. Okay, soy. Uh, we had this discussion before we, the podcast. We, we did, but, soy milk. But that that explains, in my mind, a lot. On top of being belt-fed in that narrative by uh, the ideology that they spread and things like this. Yeah. But uh, I think, hundred percent. Imbalancing hormones. I had this conversation actually with with my missus the other day, and because uh, we were go? talking about <laughs> empathy when you kill something, yeah. and I said, "Look, for me personally, driving down the road, and if bird flies there, I will, and I know I shouldn't do this, and I know I shouldn't swerve, but I will try to not hit it in the safest manner possible. Yeah, I did the same thing um, because I, that's just senseless killing." But I, I, I said to her, I said, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't correlate to hunting an animal no. at all. Like, to me, I'm feeding you, I'm feeding your family, my family. Uh, I'm having this bond with a group of guys, uh, which is imperative for mental health. Oh, 100%. Imperative. Um, at the DNA. same time. So it's, it's all medicine. From start to finish. Uh, uh, so we're talking about this empathy, right? Uh, and I asked her, I said, could you pull the trigger? She's like, yes, I could. Because she can see the greater outcome uh, of it. And, and that's something that she w- she'll do eventually, she'll get into eventually. But <coughs> she has this ability to look past the moment of suffering to a bigger picture, nourishment. But these these people can't look past that again. Well, so, so should it be medically diagnosed as, and this is Absolutely. controversial, but should it be medically diagnosed as a a, a sickness? I see. I see where you're going, and I I think, you know, that's a. I don't know. I I, 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 I don't think you can med- medically diagnose someone for an ideology. You know, well, we medically diagnose uh, people that have lived in a country uh, that believe in 
a certain religion as terrorists. And you could say that Have we done that? Have we you could say that their diagnosis is terrorism. Have you ever been to the doctor and been like, I think he might be suffering from terrorism? <laughs> the, the state actually does. The suicide vest. <laughs> the state can. Yeah, I went to chest, gave it away. The state can diagnose you uh, as an unfit person. And, and I only learnt this through this conversation. They can force you to have a injection, I don't know what it's called, every month, month and a half. If you are uh, that sick in the head, uh, they will force you to have this injection to the point where if you don't willingly take it, they will send police and uh, I'm presuming someone that... COVID-19 vaccine. That's <laughs> ...able to administer the drug on, to their house. Yeah, okay. Right, to, to administer this drug and they are allowed to use... Uh, for enforce force yeah. to, to, to administer this drug. I only, only, only know about this yesterday, man. I'm YouTube? Going, Did okay. they rock up? No, no. My, <laughs> my, my missus a cop. Yeah. And, and we were talking about it. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. So, yes, we could diagnose things as, as an illness. Not to say, and this will be con- quite controversial, I'm sure, uh, but not to say that these people are, are ill, that they're an improper person, but too much empathy is a bad thing. Because then we start getting into wokeism. Yeah, then I'm we start getting into, oh, you said something that I disagree with, that's it, oh, I'm offended. And then we get into this whole other stigma that, that society's in right now because of empathy. And I, I don't think it's an so much an empathy thing. I think it's a sickness from living in a city where you don't know your neighbours, you're stacked on top of each other, you're not actually spending time with wilderness. Like, you're not... They might go on a nature hike once a month or once a week, but they're not out there experiencing what nature's like. They're living... And this is something I was going to bring up before to you, is they have had... We have had... Very, especially in Australia, very little to nil adversity. Uh, I mean, when you look at the states, the reason why the states are patriotic, they fucking had to fight, fight for their freedom, man. Uh, they, had to, they had to lose people, you know, spill blood on their own soil uh, for it. In Australia, we haven't. Uh, and it's this... It's like, okay, we are doing... A lot better than other countries, don't get me wrong. But if we keep going down our path with no adversity, we have no character. We have no soul. We have no uh, identity individually and collectively at all. But that, yeah, that's the thing. Like hunting in Australia is our culture. Like we've come over here, we've brought all these introduced animals over here for hunting purposes, for meat purposes. We've hunted for meat over here. We've hunted for skins over here. Like you talk... A generation ago, two generations ago, they were shooting rabbits for fur, meat, um, all of that stuff. But used to be uh, pears back then. <laughs> yeah, pe- pears. That's two rabbits. Yeah. Um, so that you know, we we've had hunting as a culture, but as the a quote that I learned from Joe Rogan was, "Hard times create hard man." Hard men create easy times. Easy times create soft men. And it's just a cycle. Like, soft men create, you know, hard times. I agree. And we're just reliving that cycle. 
See, see, with that, I wonder with the way society's going, the inflation and everything of uh, uh, of the current climate, I do wonder uh, uh, in five years' time is everyone going to have the same opinion because of it? It's it changing. Just some hard times. Just look at how COVID has. At the start of COVID, everyone was split. It was, I'm not getting the vaccine or I'm getting the vaccine and I'm getting the vaccine. If I'm getting the vaccine, you're getting the vaccine. And then as it's gone on and we've seen that COVID's not as bad as it was made out to be, people are meeting on that middle. Like, see, I told you that you didn't have to get the vaccine. And they're like, oh, yeah, I kind of wish I didn't get the vaccine now. Like, you know, it's just back and forth, back and forth this like is, a pendulum. This is a whole new... New topic. Yep. <coughs> the, the COVID thing, man, pisses me off actually because I think there's there's some infertility issues stemming from from COVID. But hey, let's not go down the road. <laughs> it's all a part of the subject because it's some some people on well, that it's all side in, interconnected. Uh, yeah, you are you are correct, and typically when you see um, a certain stereotype of people, it, they fall under the category of. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'll conform to govern me harder, daddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is where, and look, podcasts and social media—we're all a part of it. That's sitting at this table is imperative. Not for you can take the firearms and the bow hunting and the fishing and four-wheel driving out of it, but it's imperative for the community. For level-headed people that can get together and discuss both sides of each story and come to a, a, a logical conclusion. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It's also that if I don't want to do something, don't force it on me. If you don't like what I'm doing, don't force your views on me. If you don't like bow hunting, if you don't like hunting, don't try and ban it because you don't like it and don't understand it. You don't have a part of it. Yes, there's people that spoil it for the rest of us by shooting an animal with a field point with a $200 bow from a sporting goods shop. Oh, bro, people like run over people with their cars. We're not we're not banning cars. I mean, you look at UK, they're going fucking like full spec. They're, they're you know, <laughs> cutting tips off of knives because that'll somehow prevent people stabbing Only people. Only selling butter knives, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you're not allowed a, a, a sharpened knife uh, an edged knife, sorry. Um, like, you just run around yeah. with a bunch of spoons, is that what you know? Yeah, basically. Oh, mate, Spoon crime has gone up a lot in the There's a sticker that we need to make. It's called Take the Fun Out of South Australia. Yeah. That's what they're doing. The, yeah. is the other problem as well is that a lot of these people that become activists, you're well aware that my sister is a social justice warrior. You know, they Shout out. If she's listening, I need this one's for you. <laughs> uh, is it you know these people that go to universities and they stumble across these ideologies and you know they then like I said associate those with their identity. These people make their way up through society and end up becoming the powers of be politicians and things and social workers and all sorts of other things. Whereas the people who hunt are like. Salt of the earth people and living life, and just you know, they're working trades that outdoors with other like minded people. We work jobs that are like more manual, you know, we have no real influence. Well, we, we're not making laws and things, you know, we're just, we're so just this guys is where doing the, things, man. You know, 
as a collective, what we're doing on social media is imperative because it starts here. Hopefully, we can influence. Hopefully, we can make an impact, man. I feel an like impact. we need to make Sometimes it's, it's, it goes two ways because. Well, look what you've just done, mate. You've stepped out and yeah, and as a passionate bow hunter, you've gone and bought a rifle, mate, because you you don't know your future oh, through all this crap. About you that, should right? sell your story to bloody. Uh, BBC or something To be honest mate uh, it like <laughs> I knew I knew You were not going to be able to hold your face together When you said no, BBC No but the thing but is though man like well, You're, you're seven, getting a huge nine. part of your life And your passion taken away If I'm they If they well, move it forward Well you should Because you You've been on both ends Of the store uh, Of the spectrum uh, and I, Josh is right. On honest, in all honesty, I have thought about it. I've also th- I've messaged you about contacting yeah and whatnot. Well, don't, well, don't think of me at it, do no. Or. But I got I, I'm I'm in two minds about it because on on one side of the coin, I feel like yes, it's bringing good light outside of our echo chamber uh, to what hunters' values are, and the other side, I also think that. This is what I was saying about I don't know how social media helps or hinders us because because we're always posting what we're doing and dead animals and things like that. Are we becoming? We had that conversation. Are we this morning? Starting to paint this. On I'm going to stop you there. No, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because uh, Josh and I and and Zach have lived in this world where saying nothing, it you just watch your 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 livelihood be eroded by those who speak up. Now, there's no, the I, other I thing. Agree. Actually, I do. The other thing is you have – there's no such thing as bad news, right? So if you think it's going to draw attention on the spotlight of bow hunting and in a bad way, forget that. It's – just look at it as it's going to draw attention towards bow hunting. Stop. Pause. Period. Good or bad, it's going to draw that attention – and create chatter, discussions, people getting uh, getting involved. Now, in your unique position, which doesn't happen a lot, going from being a vegan to now a meat eater and a hunter, you, you, in my mind, you have an obligation to get your story out there. That that's me. No, uh, I sincerely appreciate. I'm listening to what you're saying. I appreciate. Uh, we got that. your back, mate. I well, think we do, and. You look, because the fact of the matter is you take up a bow and you practice every day online and you post your stories, you post your hunts, you're going to get, at some point, you're going to get some... Uh, I'm, some not, I'm not afraid of myself getting hate. I'm not afraid of people telling me you're, you're an animal because look, I bro, am an animal. Bro, bro you're <laughs> Good looking articulated animal. and you're obviously educated. So don't worry... About the rest of it, but like I said, I think I think it's more. I'm not afraid what, of his family and no, no, no. Us. Look, fr- friends, family, <laughs> stuff a lot of you. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm serious. Sorry, about is that I um, I'm not afraid of cop and heat because mm-hmm. I, you know, does plenty of that. I got plenty of that. I, I hate to bring race into it, but I was like the only brown kid at my kindy, my primary school. You're brown. My, <laughs> I was just about. To I knew you were going to say that. You say that, but you know, I I. Can I've you use that in your bio that you sell to the store? You might get a bit yeah, more publicity. Yeah, that's it. I sound white. <laughs> but anyway, listen, I, I'm, I, I really don't care. You, there's nothing that you could – you can't make a noise with your mouth that's going to offend me. I mm. couldn't care less. I'm more concerned about not representing 
uh, bow hunting it no, in, no. in a good enough way. In, no, no, no you've you got to stop that. Uh, I mean, you've got Zach here rings up on BBC and is like, uh, pretty much like, fuck you. It was 5AA, double double not BBC. So I but B, yeah, I got BBC we don't want to know your Pornhub search but, history. But, but, you know, but, and look, in the heat of the moment, every can, everything can be done better. And if you, if you, Oh, when I rang up, I was yeah, I was ropeable, man. You know, I was maybe waiting an hour or so when you calmed down a little bit, but then you would have missed your opportunity. I would have missed my to, opportunity. To and my so, wife, like she said, like you're way too emotional about yeah, this. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, why? Like, yeah. how can I not be emotional? And They're attacking the my is, way the, of life. The thing is, though, because we had that chat as well, me and Josh. But the thing is, if you're passionate about something, be yourself, be oh, yeah. real. Yeah. I'd, I'd, Don't hold it back. I'm very slow to anger. Get it out there. This what what's holding you back? Just do do it. You gotta you gotta do this, it. Right, right. This <laughs> has to be honest, man. You, you look. I learned this when I had a cafe in Mawson Lakes. Probably the the, the most hoity toity fucking. I don't know. See the bloody Murray Cotter pulled out of Murray. Out of there the yeah, other yeah. day. That's what freaking insane. Like. Oh, yummy. Oh. But these people were crazy. And I, I got to a point when I was actively hunting uh, often um, when I had that cafe and people would, local or regulars would come in and they'd be like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? And I used to hide it because I think it would impede my business. You know what? Yeah, I got you. I just turned around and said to them, oh, I was out hunting on the weekend. Oh, would you get oh a few roos, got some meat for for the Barbie and uh, or, or or whatever under tags uh, or destruction permit, whatever. A few bunnies, it didn't matter, whatever it was. Um, and you know what? It was funny. Out of the couples that I thought would offend them, the, the regulars the most, it was the opposite one that I I thought. I would offend the most that would be like, oh, yeah. my my dad used to shoot or my, my grandfather used to shoot. Yeah, I mean, I see yeah. that all the time when I, um, yeah. I work with them. And I was baffled. I was like, I beg your pardon. And I actually grew more relationships doing it because then I would sit down at the table. I'll give them a free coffee because it's my cafe. I can do what the fuck I want. <laughs> I'd sit down at the table and I'll give them a, a Coffee, the finest coffee that you've ever ever tried. Toby's estate, shout out to Toby's estate, um, and uh, and chat. And suddenly they'd be in my cafe for like three fucking hours, mate, and we'd be talking. And I'm not the most articulated or educated person in the world at all. And I certainly, when I get a bee in my ass, I a fucking yap, which is a bad trait. Some a trait that all men need to learn to rein in. And I'm learning how to do that slowly. Yeah, but why would but you bring it in when you when you believe what you're saying is correct? Exactly, and it didn't matter. And you know what? The amount of people that I met and we talked about it, and you know whether I changed their minds or or not, it doesn't matter. We're the conversation. Yeah, they're now they're now aware that someone in their uh, uh, what do you call it? Just in their Fucking circle. In their community, yeah. direct community, hunts. Yeah. Oh, I've had the same thing too, man, with people that, you know, you bring up a an, like a, a situation where you went out and, and had a hunt and you harvested an animal or whatever. I always use the word harvest because I, I don't like to say killing and that too much, but 
technically you're killing an animal, which you're going to eat. Yeah, harvest is a weird word. Like. It is a weird, weird word, but I just use it. And um, and then it's the least expected person out of that little group to yeah. go, hmm. oh, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about the what we did on the weekend. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to know? They ask you everything. Yeah. Why'd you shoot it? Yeah. yeah. What'd you do with it? Does it taste good? Yeah. Does your family eat it? Yep. So you know, it's, it's a lot of meat. Have you, would you give it away, or do you? What do you do? I said, no, I make all small goods and sausages and all that, and they're like far out. It's and eventually end up asking you for some. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they almost want to indulge in in your efforts, and and this is imperative to keep our sport alive because like, they may or may not get into it like and hunt for themselves, but guess what? They'll tell their kids about it. Mm. Their kids will then grow up with yeah. some sort of understanding yeah. other than what the media's beaten into us about hunters and shooters and and all the rest of it. So absolutely imperative. No, look, man, I, I, I've been foolish, I think. Uh, I really appreciate that. It, it's a, it's a, it takes a while to get to this point to be vocal uh, and do these things, but if you want to see... You're bow hunting, especially at, the, at this point in time, to survive. Uh, you're gonna need to talk up, man. Um, you, you're gonna just have to do it. Bite the bullet. I mean, not to butt in with your podcast here, but send it, mate. We are not politically like correct, and we don't want to be. And you know what? If you looked at it as a business model, oh, it's gonna hinder your business and this and that. I don't give a fuck because at the end of the day. We're penetrating someone's ears <laughs> with with this sort of stuff, and we get and hopefully, all of us at the table are inspiring them. Look, when they're at the at the pub talking to their mates, what did you do on week? Oh, went out hunting. Yeah, shot a few deer. Yeah, but even even if there's people listening and that, and they want to um, have a say or whatever, and get a story to us. Send it in. Send, send it, it to send it, mate. Send it to me. Yeah, um, any connections? You know, look, I've I was inspired by Send It Mate to start my podcast. I've done a couple over the phone. I got invited to go on Send It Mate, and that inspired me to start my own. But you know, growing growing up, how I did, I'd go to and stay at my nan and pops every fortnight. I'd go hunting, fishing, camping, full driving with them. So, on show and tell Monday, what was I bringing in? I was bringing in goat skins, goat skulls, goat horns, um, pictures of fish, pictures of goats that I shot, pictures of rabbits, all of this stuff that I shot, you know. Um, and that's people were always very, very curious about it. So, you know, there was a big gap between me being younger and then getting into bow hunting. And then once I started getting into bow hunting, you know, you take the, the happy snap of you with the animal you've taken and the hate started rolling in. As soon as I started posting that on my Facebook, all these people that I went to school with, family, family, friends, like, what are you doing? How dare you do that? Um, and me being young, you know, 17, 18, 19, I was getting very, very defensive. I'm like, look, one of one of the people that was giving me shit about posting photos with these dead animals was married to a butcher who was my uncle. And it's like, how are you having a go at me for going out and harvesting a goat 
or shooting a goat. Sorry, I hate using that word, harvesting it. I don't. It, I think that it's, it it's grinds my gears. No, what's what's this is what I don't understand. There's a few people online who always <clears> say like, "Oh, you're like a cringe hunter if you use the word harvesting." I think it's a it's a it's a it's a sensitive word for a, a sensitive type like a topic, man. Yeah, but I'm not talking like this is the real world. We shouldn't have to be sensitive it's with each other. Bit, you know. Not about filtering what you're doing. It's just a thing. It's for somebody. There's a shock value in telling someone that you kill animals. It just. It, I, it, I understand that. Way but to, it's like an easier way of saying, "Hey, this is what I do, and this is why I do it." You know, rather than they got some secret meeting going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's just podcast. I think they're getting written, keen for dinner anyway, but um. Look, anyway. you, look, I just you know what we're about? <laughs> <laughs> I just overheard using, uh, yeah, I guess what you'd almost say, accepted vernacular or 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 nice vernacular, and, and and yeah, look, at the start, yeah, okay, certainly uh, having a bit of thought about how you you approach someone and and say the the words shoot. Harvest, whatever. It is certainly, uh, especially to someone that is against or unsure about hunting. Yeah, definitely important to do. Um, yeah. Until you've developed that rapport with that person, and then you can introduce your your whatever slang you want to you want to use. But why should we be sensitive to it? Because it's not it's us us hiding what we're doing, we are going out. To kill an animal. That's like what we're doing. It. We're killing an animal to put meat in our freezer to manage, pet, okay. like introduce species. Imagine that you're not a hunter, and I say to you, you ask me, hey, what did you do on the weekend? And I said, man, I just, I just shot a bunch of deer. That sounds like you. Something seriously wrong with you. If you yeah. say to somebody, but I would say, <laughs> I would say it as I, I went that. out. Okay, but you're going to say something like, look, I went, I, I, I do a bit of bow hunting and I bow hunt on the weekend. That sounds. That's already, if you if you want to talk in black and whites, that's already you starting to censor what you do. No, but, oh, what's what, that what, starts a conversation what, about. So that. there is that. But if I was to say I shot a bunch of deer, I'd say, all right, I went out to a property on the weekend. I shot a bunch of deer because the farmer is having a bunch of issues with an introduced species on their property, eating their crops, damaging their fences, and then I shot and killed those deer so I could take them back to feed yeah, my... You're, no. you're, you're already on the offensive back foot. So oh, 100%. Right? 100%. That's, so, nah, that's why, where I... Why put yourself in a position to start there? Because number one, kangaroos damage more fences. Than oh, 100%. So 100%. putting deer in a position where they shouldn't be. But would you say you harvested a kangaroo would you say you harvest I always harvest everything but people, I always catch a fish people at work say hey what are you doing <laughs> you know when I first started there you know they had this whole thing about you know you had to fill out this form what are your interests and whatnot. and I just put in there you know I like to spend time in the outdoors and I, I do a bit of bow hunting and then when I started working there people said oh I noticed you do a bit of bow hunting what's that all about you know you say okay you know or like you say Oh, I don't shoot anything because I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm good with a fish, except yeah. if it wiggles, I scream and run. No, I, I'm, I'm past that now. I only, <laughs> I only scream on the inside. But um, that way I wasn't holding it in the photo. Yes. <laughs> How many have I got now where I'm holding it? You don't understand. I got a lot of childhood trauma with these fish. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down in the kitchen. 
<laughs> you should have seen him because I'm so used to shooting carp and then just throw, take a happy snap, throw him in the bush. He's in there in the bush diving after him. He's like, why that. are you throwing I that good that. gun? I want to eat it. My dad will shoot me if I throw that in the bush. Yeah. I went and pulled it back out. What do people do? Eat them, eh? Yeah, I eat them. Carp belly is brilliant, man. You can't beat it. There's no bones. Josh's in face right now. Josh Bates said, mate, you know, it's face. Back to the garden, <laughs> and you chuck those in the garden. Yeah, yeah garden compost. Day. Yeah, awesome. Hang on, I want to go back to this bow hunting thing. You know, you're talking about you 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 opening up a conversation in a more friendly manner by saying, mm. you know, I, I yeah. bow hunt, and then people ask, God, oh, you have a have any, you ever shoot anything? Yeah. Successful? Yeah, I do manage to harvest every now and then. What does that mean? And then you have a, you have like a very reasonable conversation about it rather than it, when you say go into the spill you had before, it feels mm. like you're on the defensive. You're anticipating an attack, so you're defending from mm. the start of the conversation. To be fair, though, most of the time I do start out, what did you do on the weekend? Uh, I went shooting or I went bow hunting and then it leads to that conversation. Yeah, but there's a difference between shooting and hunting. Mm. There's even mm. a difference between like the shooting and there hunting is. and shooting and harvesting. If you say to somebody like you know I'm a hunter and I like to harvest you know free range meat, they go oh hey, this seems like a reasonable person. If you say I'm a shooter or I shoot animals, because even, you even sound like a psychopath. Ex- not well, a psychopath, but you just sound like you went out and massacre. But even when I'm like, like I, get, no I get asked at work and I work at the hospital, oh what did you do on the weekend? I saw I just went hunting and camping. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hunting and camping, oh yeah, yeah, cool. When they say, "So, what'd you get?" and I said, "What do you mean, like campsite or, <laughs> or whatever?" and they said, "No, no, no, what'd you hunt?" I said, oh, "I just go out and hunt deer." And they say, "Oh yeah, cool. Did you get any?" I said, "Yeah, I shot one." And then I say, "But also, you know, took plenty of photos and then I show them photos of live animals and they love it." And then I say, yeah. "Oh yeah," and I say, "Oh, where's your, where's the one you shot?" And I just then I show them the photo of the the animal with me with it. And I show them the photo of me mincing it and the mm. what I make out of it yeah. and stuff the like that. The amazing like, salami, and the metwurst. Like, that's right, the metwurst. And they're like, do you eat it? I'm like, that's why I'm hunting it. Yeah. Mm. You know that's another mean? thing that people just, on, on the outside, don't. The amount of times that people say to me, like, oh, what do you shoot them for? And I'm so, oh, they're delicious. Yeah. I love to eat them and help, you know, feed them. A lot, a lot, a lot of people in, would probably say to me, why do you hunt so much and why are you shooting so many deer? Price of meat. <laughs> no, 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 well, no, but like, no that's there's only so much you can eat. That's the next question. But the thing is, I help out a lot of people as well that can't get afford me or can't go and do what I do myself. So, you know, there's an opportunity that I really enjoy and do as well where I'd, I'd give a lot of meat away. So, um, yeah. So that's one of those questions that a lot of people ask me as well. Is like, why do you, what, what do you shoot for? Well, X amount of mints from that animal will make X amount of product from that, like sausages or metwurst, because metwurst chews up a lot of mints. But yeah, I, I do give a lot of meat away to struggling families, and they appreciate I'm it. I'm struggling. I've it's got some mints for you already. Hunt for. Trust me, Josh. I try to get him out. I try yeah, every waking like, moment. I send you know, him a message. I'm a, a railway worker. No, man. but I told I him. I told him before he came here. He's the fat controller, like. He is. He's the actual fat controller of Thomas the Tank <laughs> Engine. Uh, look, it's it's just the nature of the beast. But he's man. brown. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> he's the brown fat controller. Uh, I believe the people are aware I'm brown now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been discussed a little too much that Black Lives Matter is going to over. They're going to burst through that door any minute. <laughs> But yeah, look, 
hunting has brought us all here together. That's that's why we're here. That's why we know each other. That's why we're you know sitting around the table eating some amazing top shelf jerky. Oh yeah. Um, well, it didn't last long. It, it, it no, did not no. last long that's at inferno all. Inferno too. That's good. That was really good. Yeah, I'm not being paid for this. <laughs> That's right. I can't it, say for Josh, but we're it, not. <laughs> even though it says Inferno, like even through my experience, it's not. It, it is a nice it's, spice, it's a got nice a kick bite to it, to it but it's not yeah. out of control. Yeah. Inferno going to burn your head yeah. off. Yeah. It's enough to go. Oh, that's got some kick. You know, it's yeah. a bit of spice, but you're not. You're not crying about it. <laughs> I'm crying because I ran out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm definitely going to have to get myself some. Yeah, same. You said there's a lemon one, did you? Lemon, lemon lime. Oh, um, that sounds just, good. That'd be good standard. with some, some beers. Yeah. Lemon lime. Pepperoni. It's all good. But small goods, how'd you get into making small goods? Well, because you're, you're Matt Wursts, and I know when you and I, Batesy, we did the podcast, we were sitting there eating, eating a bunch eating of. Josh's meat. Eating Josh's <laughs> big sausage salami. Well, I just always had a passion for, you know, from a, even from a little kid, just, you know, when we're helping dad punch his skin off of a sheep or whatever, just so we can eat when we were younger and that. But just harvesting animals and growing up as a in that field, um, I went, you know what, there's got to be more to just chops and mints. So, yeah, just thought I'd give it a crack and make some sausages and some metwurst. And, yeah, like I, I got advice from people as well, which is... Um, you know, as as we do, we know people on social media. Yeah. But, um, just got the equipment and did it, man. No, that's I've awesome. Had, I've had a lot of failures and stuff as well along the way, but yeah, because the amount of people that you've taught to make small goods and sausages, like all the Send It Mate crew and all of their friends and around yeah. that, that all of them, all of their dear, are just into sausages and met worsts and yeah. all of that. The just amount of time I do, I do chops. Chops yep. is yeah. good too, Chop, eh? Chops. Look, if you're going to do a deer, you eat chops. And then me personally, I'm not a rumpy sort of steak kind of guy. I love a good I rump. Steak. I think you know, <coughs> steak's good, but rump, eh. I think rump needs to go in straight into the mincer, in the snags. Yeah. And the rest of it. See, I disagree. Breaking it down, in there's certain parts of the rump that make amazing steaks. But then there's also certain parts that make amazing curries. Out of me, it's like the closest part to the poop. Yeah, but that's where all the meat is. I love a good rub. <laughs> the, like, the, the difference between um, your chops and all that stuff, because I used to, you know, t- shoot a lot of deer and just cut the back straps out and the legs off and that and and whatever else meat you could and then mince it. Um, but now I'll gut it and carry the whole thing yeah, or same. whatever and get it out of that bush or. Um, on a private place or whatever, or somewhere where you got access for a vehicle, I pick it up. But we we've been butchering up a lot of deer now, like with the, with the bandsaw. Is that like a, that's a purpose built butchering bandsaw, is it? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. And um, like even this morning, we just we cut up five sheep sheep this morning on the bandsaw. Yeah, it, it takes nothing, it. next to nothing. It's good. Yeah. It looks, it, yeah, you can open up how many different cuts you can get. That's right, exactly. Too. So, but the meat on the bone. Is just oh, it's mint. It's next yeah, level. It. A thousand times better. You're also getting the nutrients from the bone as yeah, well. Yeah. Have you done leg chops? Stuff comes through. Yeah. Yeah. You've done yeah, that with yeah. the venison. Just yeah. Back leg so straight you got, through. You got the, the top. Of the, so you got the back leg of a deer, right? You cut the shank off, and then you got a big ass leg roast. So you cut right through the middle of that leg roast, just above that. What would you call that? The 
the um, what would you call it? The oh, like mid ass. <laughs> yeah. Lower ass. Anyways, the back section of the um, <laughs> where the ass tube goes through, and then the joint of the um, leg goes into, and then you and then you cut that into chops, and it makes those nice chops with a bit of bone in there. Yeah, and then you got good. the all you got one. You got the bit of marrow that you can suck out that's afterwards. Right. That's, that singular yeah. bone in the um, top half of that, which is your roast. Like, I'm not a butcher. I've just taught myself, so I don't know the cuts correctly, but I just do it. Yep. So, and Wait, it all works well. Dead set. We, it's hard to do it with bigger deer, but uh, we did a red, my, my red. That's and right. And did steaks on, right. on the thing, and dead set, the, 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 the hind steaks are like a, a foot long. <laughs> The steak, those, those leg chops, those leg steaks would have been bigger than your shoulders. Oh, like they were huge, man. I'm like, wow. Don't yeah. offend him, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically the size of a deer. Don't fuck with me. The whole deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that night. Remember that night we we um sorry that day we cut up the um red and those fallow because they hung for five days. Yeah. In that meat safe, and um. We went right over. We're going to use swing on, swing off that night, and we cooked those leg, the legs, um, the red chops and the fallow chops. Man, yeah, they were hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That changed my mind with like just taking a strap out. Yeah, back strap. Uh, after that, yeah. I'm like, no, nah, boom. Tomahawk chops are good oh, too. Yeah, like just yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Susan's been yeah. saying, "Oh, we need to get a bandsaw." I said, "You need to let me go hunting more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the the yeah the bone just makes it better. I'm a huge advocate after that because that yeah. day, although we didn't eat for a week <laughs> prior to this, but that night I was just I took a bite. And I'm like, yeah, no. Nah. Have you um? Cracked the femur and just cooked the femur up on the fire and then ate the marrow straight out of that. that. That's, oh, yeah. that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's so good. People think you're weird doing it, man. I'm like... Marrow like, you is... Ask, you ask people when you're like, oh, do you suck the marrow out of your, your lamb? Yeah. They're like, yeah or no, they think it's disgusting. Well, even, you're like, you serious? Even as a kid, that, that yeah. little bit of marrow on a lamb chop, yeah. like oh, that was the like first that. thing that, that was just the best bit. Yeah, amazing. So but, I saved it till last because we <laughs> ate the worst first. But that's all right. <laughs> Most people skin that meat before they eat it, mate. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good. Have you tried bone broth? You tried saving the the uh, bones and chucking them in a pot and just making your own bone yet. broth. Try it. Yeah, it's it's to. good. It's good to um slow cook the, especially like the rump and stuff like that. Chuck it in a in a bone broth in a slow cook for the day, and it just pulls apart I at the add end. Veggies and stuff like that, and a bit of flavour in the you leg. Yeah, <laughs> you can. I, yeah. I, I, I don't tend to stock oh, yeah. those. What you're talking about? Make yeah, a bone broth stock. Yeah, 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 yeah. making yeah. making your own stock. But Absolutely. I I drink it like a hot coffee in the morning. It's yeah. it's, it's yeah. so good. If you're sick, you just drink like chicken bone broth. Little stock, mate. You're good. You get COVID, chicken bone broth. Yeah, venison bone broth, even better. Don't drink. Oh, good man. <laughs> you don't need man. a signal. He's no, right. working. You want a coffee? No, no, I want to sleep. No, no, no. You want a gym? I've got, got to work in the morning. Yeah, I've got to work too. Do you want a gym? No, that's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you and I hunt, 
She's going to be different. Kombucha. Kombucha. That's the that's the shit. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I can be hydrated here. You know this isn't going to get edited out. I'm just going to leave this in. Like Listen, This is, this is how a raw I, podcast I, I, goes for two and a half hours. I do love having a drink. But oh, do you want his Oh, we'll have one with dinner together. That's all right. <laughs> oh, speaking of dinner, we've got some camel steaks from Hainsey and Brett's trip out. If you haven't seen the video from Hainsey and Brett's trip I've out, Susan's watched it. I haven't. Really? Susan's watched it and you haven't. Yeah, I keep going to, and then I just. It's it's good, man. Actually, like I started watching it and I couldn't stop. Yeah. And there's a subscriber. Obviously. Brett's <laughs> Brett shit's good. It's yeah. he does some amazing. I have no doubt it's good. I just haven't. I feel like I barely had time to look at myself. You don't have to put candles on to watch it. If, if that's, that's how what I you're watch all my <laughs> I run a nice candles, bath. candles and lotion. <laughs> bath <bomb> in. <laughs> oh <So> dear. <laughs> shave all the hair. Off that's my exactly body. what he says when he's watching <laughs> these videos. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's. It's good. I'm pretty keen to get into them camels. Oh, dude, how how wicked! Like, so one of my first intros to bow hunting. So I was about sixteen. I went out bow fishing. Like, I've always had a little recurve fiberglass bow from when I was about five years old, but I never shot anything with it. You know, I ran around trying to shoot rabbits. Um, but when I was about sixteen, I got taken out bow fishing by my dad. Shot about six, seven carp. And I was hooked. Like, no pun intended, I was hooked. It was so good. We've gone back to his house, and he had a bunch of bow hunting DVDs. So there was a guy called Casey McCullum from South Australia. He's one of the best bow hunters to come out of Australia. He's taken all the game species from Australia and New Zealand with a bow, and, like, great animals. Um so we watched his videos and we watched um, Bushman Brooks. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but yeah. he's incredible hunter as well. And yet he's... So Casey McCullum's got this video where they're sitting on a dam and about three, 400 camels coming to this dam and just drinking on last light. You just see this all this dust coming, all these camels, they're fighting, carrying on. And these guys are just launching arrows in... Well, not launching, you know. They shoot a camel or two each and they're just... It's insane. It's so good. Cool. I'm pretty keen to, to watch that, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it's, it's cool. He's got a couple of DVDs. Casey McCullum, bow hunting. It's he's, he's a bloody badass bow hunter. But that's... Watching those videos, that's where my passion for bow hunting started. You know, there's a video... Like a clip of him standing on an old dead tree up in the NT and he's got this big water buffalo out in the swamp and he shoots it and this buffalo's just like turned around just like staring him down in this tree and he's like standing on this old dead tree and it's like bobbing up and down like <laughs> a second away from breaking. Oh, it's yeah. it's so good. That shit will jack you up. Oh, I miss the NT, man. So much just... Just... It, like, I know we were just talking before about... Not being a cowboy, but being a cowboy in certain situations, right? <laughs> and then I just bought a boat, as Josh knows. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, you got a boat. Yeah, Bloody hell. Here we go. What'd you get? 
at about uh, three, 3.7 metres CJ. Hey, don't <laughs> knock the 3.7 yeah. CJ, mate. Yeah. Is this your caravan money you spent on a boat? Or? No, 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 this is <laughs> this is the boat to go on top of the cruiser to carry the, to tow the caravan. But, <laughs> like, in Darwin, man, when I was posted over there, pretty much every weekend I'd just fish and hunt. That was all I did. Um, and it was just like this untapped, like place, it, you, it feels different when you're exploring down there because there's no fences, there's no fences, there's no bounds, there's no, no anything. So you sort of, you you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. There's no roads, no nothing, and you can get into a boat and cruise up like shady camp and, and things like that. And it, it's just, just unreal. It's nature, wild still. yeah. Whoa, <coughs> that's just yeah. It's it it, it is like one of the last frontiers. I I put sort of the high country and some of the places in New South Wales as as also untapped stuff because you can walk for for days and not see anything. But Darwin, because of the accessibility by boat, whereas in certain times of the year a car you can't like you just get yeah like just trashed because of the boat. It just seemed like you were further into the wilderness because you could get further. It's part of the diff- you know it's the adventure too. Yeah, and it's that's something the different about getting boat. in a, getting in, in the car, taking it to the water, getting in the boat, yeah. traveling to the hunt. Yeah. Croc country oh. as well, Look, man. Yeah. Like insane. NT is incredible. I went there when I was eighteen, and man, I wish I was I was like right into bow hunting then because if I didn't get caught up in the party life, you know Mitchell Street, you know you know exactly yeah, what Mitchell Street was like. That one can consume you. I I, I yeah. stayed on Malaluka on Mitchell there, the hostel, and it just it consumed me. You know, yeah, Honey Pot, and then yeah. monsoons, and yeah. back to Honey Pot, then back to monsoons. Because you've been there though, and like for me, like I live there, like now you could go there and you'd have a. Con- like a, a precise plan on what you're going to do, and you'd enjoy it far more. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's funny you say that because when I first rocked up the battalion, um, I, I had to do guard like the day I rocked up, right? Which sucked. And uh, I, so I've walked in, and this I got talking to this fella, and he was like, "Do you want to come out fishing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, done. Like I'm all into it." Because I had my thirty thirty as well with me, so I was sort of. When I got to guard, I was like, oh, what do I do with this? Because I need to store it properly, etc., etc. Um, and anyway, that got the whole conversation sparking and he was like, come fishing with us tomorrow. That's it. Like, we'll finish guard and we'll go. Um, and we did. And because I had that slight nudge, instead of being invited out into Mitchell Street, it like for my first few years, it was like, nah, I've got the weekend free. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going bush. Yeah, so I went up there for a week and a half. I had it was for my 18th birthday. So, you know, being 18, staying at a backpackers, yeah. you know, it's just a whole new. It, it was like backpacker season, yeah, probably. Yeah, too, it, so. it, it was. Yeah, you it were was like, ah, oh. it was the cusp <laughs> of the the wet and the dry, like the dry and the wet. So it was just beautiful. Um, so I did my tours, I did the, you know, I went and did Litchfield and all of that, come back and they're like, oh, a couple of backpackers sitting around and they're like, oh, come to Berryman Springs. Yep, all right, let's go. And then, yeah, just yeah. all my plans of going to go buy a fishing rod and try buy, like, catch a barramundi and find hunting access yeah, and just all went out the window. There, um, there's a, there is a hostel that I, I would recommend going to if you're going to do this sort of thing. 
um, in Darwin. I can't remember exactly where it is. Was it the one with the pool? Yeah, the rooftop pool. No, no, that no. Pool, no, I don't. I don't think it is a, a rooftop pool. But they got a pool, and they got a bar with the pool next to the pool. So and you just you just sit in the pool. And, yeah, and so because Darwin, you're wet, so you may as well swim. That would have you're been Mal, that would have been Malaluka on Mitchell where I stayed. So it had a rooftop pool, the bar right next to it, and you could order drinks from the pool, and you just yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was so that, good. That can get messy. Yeah. Have you been to Darwin? No, I've been. Uh, I've been meant to. Ever since I was a kid, because Dad done a whole bunch of travelling around and whatnot, you know. So I, uh, he's always told me stories and things. And yeah, it sounds like it's right up my alley. It's a cool place. It sounds like the weather. It is. Yeah, it's good. I love like the heat and humidity. So you just got to tackle it properly. Yeah. You got. You, you know who you guys need to get on to send it, mate? Is Jock McQueen off of TikTok? He, I had him on here. He's just an absolute legend. You would absolutely get along with him. Is he from Darwin? His, his, he lives in um, uh, Humpty Doo, pretty much. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. His, I can't talk freely, but yeah, it's <laughs> an old saying. Yeah, it's all right. Never mind. Lot of done a lot of station work. He's a He's a welder by trade, and yeah, his you would absolutely throff chatting to him. Darwin's yeah, definitely on the list. Yeah, hasn't been there yet. No, so we've we'll got we've got two boats now. So let's get a crew. That is go up there, mate. And let's, let's just Barra GTS. Yeah, oh. and then I, I did hear. That I want to shoot a crop ballot. Yeah, maybe a crop ballot. Yeah. Oh, how good would it be if they opened up crock hunting? I'd be there with a the bow, like I'd be wearing one, like swamp <laughs> swamp people style. Shoot him, Jacob. Shoot him. <laughs> Libras. Libras. Where's the gun? You're going to want a gun, mate. You're, you're going to want a rifle. Well, I just... Uh, you, we yeah, I did mention that about an hour ago. Yeah. Yeah, well... I was sort of looking at getting a rifle because of this whole Boban thing. And then I thought, oh, I'll get a, either a 270 or a 308. And thought about that for a while. And I thought, well, everything I've shot has been with a 300. And I just mentioned, I just mentioned it. To Josh, like, oh, do you reckon I should just get three hundred? Yes, get one. Get no, what did you? It's like twenty bucks a shot. Man's gonna go broke. <laughs> no, it's not. That's why because he's working the pay. When you the shoot rims. like me and him, mate, it's <laughs> only one. It's only one shot. <laughs> I only go hunting twice a year. A <laughs> <laughs> box will last me the rest of my life. Oh, man, no, I'm a three hundred eight man because of the price, th- and now yeah. I'm a two two three man because. Because of peer pressure. I, I don't mind the 2-3. <laughs> don't knock the 2-3, man. You would not believe what I've taken with the 2-3. Yeah, so why do you need the 300? You could save money. Because I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's not about money, man. It's more you want to knock it over and be, sure. be dumb. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get you. The 308 is a happy medium. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a happy medium. Yeah, 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 like yeah. But every man his dog's got one of them. I, do I, want, I was Good. thinking I would like to just have one, <laughs> one rifle that can just... Do it all. Let's do it for no, seven. No, if the firearms branch should be listening, that's incorrect. You can't have one rifle to do it all. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm As a bow hunter coming into rifle hunting, he thinks he can do it all. No, listen, I, I assume it's going to probably be like, I was only going to buy one bow and then it became two. And then it became, I'll just buy a bow for my wife and it became three. And then it became the trad bows and there's a whole wall of those. And then every time I walk past a bow, I... Get the sniff of it, and I just 
Have you not been in my hunting room? It's bows galore. I just bought my stepson another I bow. You had wallpaper of bows. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so you know Damien, Damien Horner. Yeah, I just bought his oh, son's his old, one. old, his son's old okay. bow for uh, yep. Aiden to start bow hunting nice, and perfect. bow fishing. Like yep. it's. Perfect. But the thing is, you're teaching, you're teaching your kid. That's a whole other sector as well, but just in a short brief, it's ethics, being out bush, having fun with Dad, and, and yeah. you know, responsibility, um, and and just having fun. They're off the screens too. like Exactly right. You think about how much time you spend with your kids when you're doing things outdoors. You watch a YouTube clip now, there's five ads. Yeah. Your kids are watching YouTube or Netflix, whatever. Excuse me. There's ads. And those ads betray what your mind's going to believe. And a lot of it these days, I, I do not agree with it. No, me either. More than likely, yeah. That's why my girls don't watch um, much screen. Uh, same with my son and daughter. I keep coming back to a thing where I want to throw my TV out, actually. I'd live without a TV oh. for like eight years. And were you better off? Oh, 100%. He's the most caveman man you'll yeah. ever meet. I, uh, yeah, I didn't. Even he didn't even drink Coke until I met him, and he's just started drinking like Coke now Zero. He drinks it and snorts it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd, I'd, one day I got home and I was like, "No, nah, I'm done with this," and yep. I just took it off the wall and I just didn't have one. And then yep. when my missus came around for the first time, I think I had the TV app actually up, but it wasn't connected to anything. It's just there. Decoration. I didn't look at it. You didn't, turn didn't it on, man, it and all you got is well, now I only you know ads of what we should be doing. Um, they put on stuff on the news and that that you don't really want to listen to. I don't even I don't and have my antenna connected. Yeah, so I, I couldn't tell I you the last time I watched. But you're not missing out on anything. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't even wa- I don't watch TV normal TV at all unless I'm, yeah, I'm bored. I sit down at like nine o'clock thirty at night, yeah. flick through to see if there's a movie, nothing Netflix or I go on YouTube. It sounds yeah. it sounds whack, man. But like, I took, turn the TV off, never touched it like for years and years and years. And people would always ask me, "What do you do with your spare time?" And like. I would always just tell them I just, I just talk to my wife, man. Like, mm. I love her, you know. And we developed a really good connection by spending time with each other, and building those connections with each other. And then it gives you skills to build connections with other people. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. it's about actually being connected, not being plugged into something. So See, I, I like that, man. I, don't get me wrong. I, I like the time. Like, typically of a night, I'll wind down with with TV, and I'll. Obviously, just cuddle. That sounds cuddle with the TV, or your miss. Your missus, obviously. But sorry, Haynes is off getting getting dinner ready. But I've threatened it multiple times. I'm all this concerns us. I will put this thing in the bin because, like, I just don't want it to. And there's, you know, like when hunting season sort of dies down, you sort of start picking up the TV and then you start oh. getting a bit lazy. Like I, I can identify these peaks and troughs and I'm like, nah, I want to be constant. And so my mind always, like every sort of month, I'll be like, throw the TV out, throw the TV out. Like, See, yeah. I love even a good the, movie. Yeah, I love the, a good the series. The rationalisations you've got for watching TV are all like, you know they're not right. So you say, okay, you know, get home at the end of the day and I just want to relax. No, no, like when when it's, when it's we get into bed. Oh, you got one in the, the room? Then yeah. the TV ah, goes on. Good, but man. like up until that point, it, it doesn't. Okay, so like when you watch TV, you're exposed obviously to blue light. 
which is stimulating and it yeah. makes you believe that it's becoming daytime. So then you're not having as good a sleep as you would. Yeah, if you were not I got watching. an argument for that because I can turn that TV off and fall asleep and I hit REM matter. sleep. My REM sleep is so good. Lucky you. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't. It's very unlikely that's a hundred percent accurate, but I. It's doing more harm than good, especially watching it at yeah. night time. Yeah. You can you can unwind a hundred other different ways, man. You, I don't know if you can read. I mean, shoot. <laughs> I don't. No, I didn't mean Thanks, like. Bro. I didn't mean like if you've got the ability to put letters I can't, together. I can't read. I can't. I can't. It's all right. I Most people make that assumption when they meet Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, right? Some people they just don't like to read. That's what I yeah. meant. So if you like, you know, if you read, you know, then you can do that, or you can talk to so people. Th- or you this can is the other the, the bad thing. Doing what else? What I'll, else you want? I'll push TV aside to use my phone to research or or pretty much just research things that I want to know. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, that's my night. But it, you're still you getting know, that blue light. But that I turn my my blue light off on my phone. There's an argument to be made there too. Is that the difference between that is that you're learning things because you're researching things yeah. you're interested in versus just being fed information that is not relevant to any part of your life. Yeah, true. So, yeah. You know. Having said that, Game of Thrones is pretty pretty never relevant. I've episode. never seen a single episode oh of Game God. of Thrones. You yeah, but you you, you know don't why? sleep. You don't sleep. You're just constantly on the go. You're working, you're with your family, you're yeah. fishing, you're Do you hunting. Even know what TV is? That's what I was trying to say you know what the internet is? <laughs> it stays black. He, he knows what the internet is. Have you yeah, seen his right. social media yeah. time? He's just looking at his reflection. In it every day. Man, this guy's on again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, is, it is a good platform to um, express your, what you do and try and help people. That's uh, so all good. Haynes is just getting dinner ready. He's multitasking. <laughs> he he's got camel steaks on. He's got sausages on. He's got potato bacon. How about this, right? You just you just turn it off. Take it out of your room for starters. It shouldn't be in there. It's so good. Nah, it's so it good. You're missing out. We watch no, Sons of I like Anarchy, Walking Dead. Bedroom. You know, I don't need that. TV doesn't need to be in there. There's no reason that that TV needs to be in there. Just take it out for a month and then turn off your TV. You're Plug it out the wall, whatever, just for a month, and just see how different you feel. I'd be see, depressed. That's funny you say that. Yeah, like you, you think, think oh, nah, you, I agree. Have I got? Your mindset changes, man. So it changes, mate. I get that, but you think because like my missus and I are quite good at talking, okay. and we will we will switch. <laughs> yeah, amongst other things, we will switch off the like. Say if we just get home and you know it's late, we've already had dinner. And we we just sort of. Beelining for bed, chair, bed. Instead of just automatically switching it on, we will actually sit and talk. So, so we will have those days. But I can see where you're going. Where there are also days where you just put the TV on and you know to go to bed, and instead of talking, you just watch TV. And I'd rather actually be engaged with her, yeah, than yeah, but watch you, some you, screen. You, 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 like, you just got to look at what you're watching too, though. That's well, true. Point it doesn't out. matter whether the TV's on or not. It's what you're watching, mate. <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> see. I, I I put the TV on to unwind. Like soon as 
we put the beds, the kids to bed yeah, pretty hang early. On. Is it YouTube or is it actual TV? Act- no, not actual TV, but Netflix exactly. streaming services. So We're not it, watching ads and shit. We're watching. I don't agree with what you're watching on the TV. It's if you are watching TV and then you're looking at the news. Yeah, no. That just... I stay away from the news, man. Your miles will bang your head against a tree out in your backyard. But yeah, I put it on to unwind. You know, as soon as that sun goes down, my my brain, like, it's just... My serotonin levels just go... And I'm ready to crash, man. Because you're I, always exhausted. Because you haven't slept. Because <laughs> there's a TV in your room. room. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, good. What time, good. Do you, what time do you go to sleep? Well, it depends on what shift I'm on. What? It could go to bed at 8.30 in the morning. Normal. It's normal. Well, oh, yeah, suppose, suppose no you're normal. not normal. There's no normal. Look, if I didn't... If, 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 if you're I, not working, what time are you in asleep by? I like probably... The second I go to bed, I'll be asleep. There's no doubt about it. Well, lucky you, fuckers. So, Luckies and you we, we put the kids to bed, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm asleep. Like, I can just close my eyes, and within a minute or two, I'm out. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm, I am blessed that way, for sure. Like, there's no no thoughts going on up here that right. keep me awake. Back to you talking, <laughs> you'd rather engage with your missus. Like, when you do have kids and things and, you know, you go down that path and whatnot, those little nuggets of time that you got together, man, where you can choose to sit and mindlessly not talk to each other and watch something or be connected and, like, See, also, valuable time, man. I look at it as something else, actually. I look at it as time we could be doing stuff, uh, not just sitting and talking. I, especially now daylight savings here, I look at it and I'm like, why the fuck aren't we doing something? Yeah. Like in my, my yeah. head I'm sitting there going, well, it's daylight. I can do Don't something. be in bed watching TV. Do shit because you can see. Yeah. Without yeah. kids, do, do that's understandable. Misses, you know, or, no, I do the same thing. I put yeah. the kids to bed, daylight savings time, especially like last summer. We've got a new garden going at the moment, but... You know, put the kids to bed and I wander out, man, and have like a cup of tea and I just potter around the garden, weed some things, do a little bit of work. It's great. Yeah, you've got a little bit of a yard though. My house, we've got barely, barely nothing. Your <laughs> your back veranda is our yard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, life's a garden, dig it, bro. Oh, just <laughs> no just worries, man. Joe Dirt. Wait, dead set. Joe like, Dirt, hey. I'm building at the moment and going through those processes and I can't wait to have a bit of space. To be honest, to to just do this sort of stuff. I just built a wicking bed. Oh. Just pat the What is a wicking bed? Well, yeah. The, when the boat's here. Oh, oh, I can't wait for this boat, man. It's on. We're having a tinny race. Yeah. More, <laughs> I'm going to beat you, man. It's, it's a Merc 20. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you going to go catching fish? Like, you're not the greatest at fishing from what you've said on Send It, mate. He's had some tips lately. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've had some tips, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not Ryan. Most definitely, I'm not Ryan yeah, when it comes two to two left hands. Yeah, and yeah. no brain. I um, oh, I love Ryan. He's a big, gentle giant, I'm kidding, mate. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I love Ryan. He only just worked out bait helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And putting, He's been holding and the putting the line in the water. Water always gets the end of the spool. Actually, that's funny because I, I dropped this little <laughs> lamb to him today and he was talking to me about how his son's a better fisherman than he is. I'm like, bro, your son's six. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he sick or is he six? Six. Six. Six, <laughs> like, six years old. But um, 
Yeah, look, I reckon I'll be alright, to be honest. That day we went out, mate, you did good. Yeah, yeah, I know where. Yeah, but you've got the genius Hainsy. Whether yeah. it's hunting or fishing, he can get you on anything, I, mate. Yeah, most We're always on something. But having said that, <laughs> I do believe being in, a, in his tinny and we were overlooking a whole bunch of squid... And that. this fella with two thumbs caught the bigger one. <laughs> that day, Brad, mate, that was... <laughs> yeah, but Ainsley was playing thing. someone to sit <laughs> under with scuba gear just hooking oh, he put us on it. It wouldn't have happened without him, to be honest. <laughs> that was a spectacular day, though. We were watching those squid just hover there. You saw the squid. Uh, I reckon you would have been... Like, you were hooking that tinny, and you were just like, squid, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, there's squid over there. <laughs> and you pulled up, and there's squid in the water. I'm like, how the, how the hell did you see that? Dude, this guy has insane eye, like vision. We're cruising, cru- Jordan's driving, cruising through the paddocks, and Hazy goes, stop, there's a casty over there. That's right. Wasn't pulled it? up, and it was fucking yeah. it was smaller than a hog deer casty. It was just this tiny little pissy thing. <laughs> Pulls you know Juddy, South East Juddy, my mate. Yeah. yeah. I went to kindy with him, everything, grew up with him a whole life. <laughs> if you mention, you say, oh, what's Josh like at finding casties? He'd be like, he's got either a radar that just picks up casties <laughs> or smells them or whatever. You know what I think he does? I reckon he goes places them. Around the property, <laughs> yeah. just to make Quite himself look good. Yeah, it comes back. He goes, <laughs> no, 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 oh, there, there's a casty over there. That's not a bad idea. Hank has got, got a name on it. Boy, he's got a watch with casty. It's got your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but I, I will vouch for this eyesight because when I dropped my bow, I put it down nicely. I put my quiver down and I took out one arrow and it had, uh, it's got two. One white feather and two orange ones, so it's not. That's right, that would be visible. worn out, yeah. And I popped it in the ground, just standing up like a flag, and uh, I thought this is going to be like near impossible to find again, especially looking down because it's going to be shrouded by the grass. And then uh, we're driving along, and Martin goes, "Oh, we need to go get uh, Ilias's bow." And you're like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> <laughs> it was like six hundred yards off, and just a tiny little orange speck. And he's like, "Yeah, it's down there." But we're yeah. doing sixty through a paddock man, we and he goes, well. he goes, "Yeah, there's there's no driving slow with this fella." No. <laughs> no, but he's sixty like, is five five miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've but got to remember. He's yeah. just like, "There's a casty," and he comes back for this pissy little. For it was like the year after a spike on a fallow, if that. <laughs> you you got some amazing eyes on you. I've got to admit, yeah, it's the shapes, man. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's just got a secret with your eyes as well. He's like rain. He's like Rain Man. I do. To make it worse, he's handicapped. He's like Rain Man with deer. (laughs) I'm also colourblind. Yeah, there you go. He's handicapped. Badly colourblind. Yeah, that's what it is. What are you like? Red green deficient, or in which way? Because he's he's just deficient. (laughs) (laughs) Is there there red and green? (laughs) Nah, listen. I heard once that, uh, like. uh, where he's going. <laughs> he's I running out to the barbecue. Traditionally, they would employ um, red-green deficient colorblind people in the military because they could pick camouflage from miles away. Yeah, wow. Because they're not picking that's, the same That's probably what it is. Yeah. That's why he's so fucking good at picking shit out because he can't just break up. It might be. I've never it doesn't heard blend I've never heard that, but, I just said, but, but I did hear it once. Uh, uh, yeah. I think it, it could help. Yeah, it 
probably could be a hindrance as well. I don't know. I'm not colorblind, so. Oh, it's obviously not a hindrance. Yeah. Like, he'd probably be, be like us with normal fucking vision. Picking up uh, feathers on an arrow. <laughs> that wildlife guy? I think it's that wildlife guy. He's colorblind as well. Yeah, yeah, he, he's like, good. Can't see blood on the ground because it's the same color as everything else. That smells mint, man. That smells good. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, nah, just some, some colors. And that stand out more than others, but I've trained my vision to see shape. So, you know, even like a deer figure standing there in the broadside or whatever in a bush, I'll pick up, even if it's a stump or a fallen branch, I'll pick up that shape and I've got to double check it. Yep. Just to make sure. So you missed out before on what, because you were checking the barbecue, yeah, which so smells nice. amazing. So... Elias was asking whether it's green or red deficient. Yeah, I, I heard that, yeah. Nah, um, you don't know. They're, this, they're exactly <laughs> He doesn't know what green it's is, red, so. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'll give you an example, which is your street lights on West Terrace, are, they're orange. All the lights on that street look orange. So I've got to go by shape and position on the post, on the um, stoplight post. Oh, Jesus. So... It's it's hard down there, but when I first met Sharon, which is my wife, I um took her out, and, <laughs> and I've actually skidded through a couple of intersections because I was only new to Adelaide as well at that time. Yeah, and um, I had to train myself pretty much to to know when to stop, go, and all that stuff. But obviously, green means go, so I can see that. But because it's the bottom light, but when it goes orange and red, I. I used to stop on orange and all that all the time at night time because they're all look the same. Everything yeah. looks the same. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. How uh, do you go with like blood trailing? I'm terrible. Really? Yeah, I'm terrible. I can't. I can't see. I can't see it. So, um, I think we did that, didn't we? Once before. No, was you that you? Yeah, that was. That that's right. Scrub and yeah. <laughs> you were one way, and I was the other way. I'm all. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Don't tell oh, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, no he, he was on it, but but it, it was, yeah. Like, come to think about it, man, that makes sense, actually. Because I, I was like, there's, there's blood where I'm walking. <laughs> I'm like, that makes sense. Why is this yeah. guy picking up leaves with no blood on it? Because <laughs> I, had, I had a scenario there where I took a guy out and we shot this um, deer and... He hit it well, and there were, it went a bit further than what we thought. So I, they said, oh, we'll just blood trail it. And I'm like, yep, cool, no worries. You guys look for the blood. I'm looking for prints. And they're like, okay, no worries. And then they were on the blood trail and whatnot, and I was super stoked because I found a white rock that had a red dot on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the right direction. They weren't. So I said, yeah, no, there's a blood dot over here. So come over here. Because a genius. <laughs> they come over and they were like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, just by fluke I saw that. But anyway, they kept going. They they trailed it and found it. It wasn't very far. It was only 30 metres from where he shot it. But, um, yeah, seeing seeing blood in the grass and that, and even on dry, like, because our leaves over here, they perish real fast. So they go like a brownie, reddy colour real quick. So, yeah, even when I'm looking into the bush here, it's not very many colours for me. Same with the rainbow. The rainbow's two colours. I can only see two colours in the rainbow. That's yeah. insane. So, That's right. You know, when people go, oh, look at the rainbow, I'm like, yeah, cool, thanks. 
sense though about training your brain because, uh, like, let's face it, deer have a long neck, they've got ears, they've got antlers if they're a male, you know, they have a certain shape and, uh, you know, smooth edges. So you can train your brain to pick up those things. And the other biggest thing that I've learned to, to pick up with deer is the sun hitting yeah. their skin. And they're like, fucking hell. It's just lights like them up, You eh? could get a patch. Yeah. No bigger than a 50-cent piece, but you're just like, boom. That's it. And, like, Josh is a fiend for it. Like, especially in the, you know, picking up those shades. And I do wonder, as you said, if it's the ability of it just stands out, like, more so in yeah. his eyes. Well, it's like deer not being able to see many colours. It's just maybe that's how they see us as well. So he's able to see certain camos and stuff, see what works because he's colour blind. All you need, mate, is Kuyu, some Kuyu gear. You're good to go. That's all you need. <laughs> Kuyu, please be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Send It Mate Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> send him extra, extra small pants and medium shirt. <laughs> that Verdi camo, I'm, I'm digging it. And I like their, their other cam, actually, their desert stuff. And their gear's sick. Not that, yeah, we're doing an advertisement for Kuyu, but... <laughs> man, I went down the whole technical rabbit hole with camo and colours and, oh, man... It was a whirlwind I don't want to visit. I like hearing your thoughts on different things like camo and stuff. I thought you are still down that rabbit hole, mate, with the QE pants. Ah, QE pants? (laughs) (laughs) You just lost your sponsorship, Josh. (laughs) Nah, QE is good, man. I like it. They're they're technical pants. I actually haven't... Well, water, wicked on the attack pants. Stretch is great. Feels good. You get ventilation. It's rugged. The pattern looks sick. Yeah, Jeez. you look got to look good to get deer. You got to you got to feel yeah. good and look good. If, I, if it was like it's feeling good, a hundred percent. Nah, listen, I couldn't care what I was wearing. If if Zach was you, not frightening me, I would just go naked. <laughs> what do you mean? You only put clothes on to take photos of the deer, man. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You get a hunt naked once in your life. <laughs> Not that I want to see you naked, but I kind of want to you're curious hunt you <laughs> but just you're to curious. see what you do. Because you take your shirt off. I'll take my shirt off. Well, we could take each other's shirts we, off. It, we can. But no. This is that whole gym <laughs> mentality coming out. I've got to admit, there's a, a part in SA that I hunt, uh, and it's like, it is desert, and it is like 50 degrees in That's the shade. That's your spot. And, bro, as soon as I get, well, back camp, that's it. Like, I'm in my jocks. Just quickly, if you're hearing any back background noise, it's just Josh cooking dinner and his girls coming out. So, just just addressing that why <laughs> Batesy's talking. Heated in here. It's dinner time, it's 8 o'clock. It's like Josh can cook. Dude, he's he's been doing the podcast, <laughs> he's cooked a barbecue, he's put a potato bake on, he's... Just a machine. I bought the cheesecake, so. <laughs> I think you know who the real star of the show is. Yeah. <laughs> you actually bought cheesecake. I bought two, yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I didn't want to come empty-handed. Sugar-free? You know, I usually would be, but I thought 
He's gone all out on this. No, nah, well, you know, I'd, I'm not going to impose my beliefs on you. If you is want it, it. Has it got gluten in it? It does. Oh, you're not sugar free, but they're um, vegan and. Nah. That <laughs> free. Plant based. How can that be possible with a cheesecake? There's no. <laughs> it's almond cheese, it's mate. Made from. Um, you can make cheese. Palm almond. tree milk. Almond <laughs> <laughs> cheese. How the hell do you Bum, do I don't know. <laughs> How do you do? Palm cheese. It's <laughs> beyond me. No, they're not. They're. they're just straight out the freezer. Next time, get sugar free. I mean, let's face hey, it. Hey, you know, these boys could use some sugar free. I use. I only have. Mate, I'm on a diet. All right. I, you don't want to be that guy who brings a sugar free cake to a place. Yeah, I have to. I'll have to get some cake, and 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 bread, made by my missus' mum. She is full keto, like oh, yeah? full, just insane. No sugar, nothing. Send it my and way. And this stuff. Is actually nice. Well, she used like stevia or something. So. Just cardboard no. with sugar. No, stop trying to no. people. I want to no. hear it. Or like almond meal and things like that. But I, I have no idea how she does it. No stevia, no sweeteners, no sugar. Yeah. I'm like you. You. It's freakishly good. Yeah, wicked yeah. man. Well, inside she does eat donuts, bro. Oh, I'm. I'm and there. the thing is, though, <laughs> the man's it, all about his donuts. You know, I love a donut. <laughs> It, it makes you feel like you can eat 10 because they're so good. But let's face it, eating 10 donuts, no matter what, what it is, it's bad for you. But it just, like, you'll eat one, you'll be like, that's pretty good. He may not be yep. successful every time he's out on a hunt, but he's always successful when he's out for a hunt shop. for a donut. You know, me and Luke went, we walked around, it was like 40 degrees. We're like, God, we've got to get out of here. Luke goes, do you want to get a donut? I was like, I'm there. <laughs> we went straight to the bakery. So... In 40 degrees oh, yeah. for a donut. I was still in camo too because I didn't bring a change of clothes. <laughs> oh, man, I'm always going to shops in camo. I know you you guys at Centre, mate, always I can't be bothered talk about this. Anymore. I'm just always in camo. Yeah. But, yeah, Luke and I have gone to this servo to grab a pie after a hunt and I've filmed him picking out his pie. In the servo. I'm like, he may not be able to hunt a deer well, but he can sure hunt a pie. (laughs) (laughs) Pies, mate. That's how you put on weight. It is. Uh, Trust me, being a truck driver, I know. (laughs) I don't eat servo food, man. I refuse to eat it. I'm not putting that crap in my body. It's so good because I work in a little office with my little radio and whatnot. I'm basically locked in there for eight hours. I can't can't eat anything that's bad, so I just meal prep and... Take that and eat it, and then on my day's off, I go. Have you ever left to go get something? No, never. Really? No, I can't be bothered. Well, where do you piss? I mean, you can still go to the, I'm not changing the <laughs> but I'm not going to leave the building. He yet. said I've never left to go get something. He can he can leave to go to the toilet. I'm not going to leave the building because, you know, it's there's nothing around it anyway, so. Yeah. Where, where do you work? It's just in Mile End, but it's like uh, tucked away. It's next to the rail line, and it, you can't really... You know, you'd have to get in your car and drive somewhere. I'm not going to do that. What about getting the fat truck for you? Nah. What for? I don't yeah, want to. <laughs> like, they got the lunch truck and stuff that comes, but I'm not eating that. Nah. Why not? I can see you down on the It's terrible. Yeah, it's I, servo- don't, I, do, I do not eat servo food unless I'm like... You look like you need straight. to eat some servo food. Nah, man. man. That crap is not going in my body if I can help it. I did... <laughs> this is... Mate, you ate MREs. You ate MREs. You can't just. That's why I'm not eating that crap anymore, (laughs) man. You you try and live off an MRE for fucking nine months and 
be healthy. Bro, <laughs> I have gut problems because of that. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. It's years later. <laughs> I've got Man, oh, nah. I tried feeding that stuff to my dog, mate. Dog just. The best thing about MREs were like the M&Ms. MREs, well, MREs are a US and they're all right. Actually, because they're different and they have variety. We have like eight flavours here in, in Australia. <laughs> One of them's vegan or well, veggie. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then it's like the rest of them are, are disgusting, man. Like it is, you can you, you literally see the Hang blobs on, the, of, of... The veggie one is just one flavour, is it? So if you're, you're a vegan they're soldier... All, they're, you're just, there's just eight flavours. You've you got like satay chicken. Oh, I love a good snake, Josh. Beans... You've got uh, the veggie thing, which I don't even know what the hell that was. I think you've got a pasta dish in there, if you're lucky. Uh, uh, you got like frankfurts and like cut carrots, a bit of corn and maybe some peas. And then there's gelatin. In every single one of them, there's like this <laughs> like fucking four-inch layer of gelatin. <laughs> Yum. It's just yeah, where the fat settles in a man. Gullet, mate. Oh. Like doing doing Air Force cadets, we we used them when we went out on on camps and shit. But yeah, M and M's novelty then. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. I couldn't imagine fucking living off of them. Nah, nah, man. The cheese <laughs> isn't cheese. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, You're mate. Right, man. Do you, you know no, I'll go and I'll get <laughs> bloody flashbacks here, man. Get well, as we speak. <laughs> this has been the longest hunting connection podcast there's been. We've uh, covered lots of different avenues, hunting, fishing, bit of everything. Um, so I think it's about time we round it up. Josh has just cooked us an awesome dinner in between jumping in and out of the podcast. Um, so I want to thank you all for listening for the first year. Um, this has been a awesome, fun way to send off the the first year podcast with Hainsey, Josh Bates from Centre Mate, and Ilias, action man, bow hunter, just the manatee. <laughs> 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 so me, let me laugh too hard, I'll pee. Uh, but yeah, nah, uh, I thank you all for being here and being a part of the the first. I wouldn't say season because I'm not going to go seasons. I'm just going to go go straight through. So I thank you for. Being a part of the oh, start of the Hunting Connection yeah, podcast, yeah, appreciate it. You know, you're all great mates. You know, um, I love listening to Senate Mate podcast. It's a weekly routine for me. You know, well, like, when, like we said earlier, though, make sure you guys, if you heard that part, to send in a story or whatever, even if it's a short text. Um, Zach can bring it up, or he can mention it. You know, even if it's to us guys personally, we'll pass it on, or we can even mention it in our socials, whatever. But yeah, we'd love to hear stories and how Absolutely. you got your I l- first. I love first hearing from or from everyone. That's my biggest issue. Is I sit there, people message and be like, "Oh, I just shot this," or you know, "How do I go about this?" I'm like, "Oh, well, message Hainsey or yeah, contact someone if it's a trad question. Contact yeah." There's Elias, no dumb you know. questions, mate, in this game. It's like, I'm learning yeah. every day as well. Mm. Always learning, and don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah, yeah. use your all words. Right, all right. So. If you guys can head over to BBC. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and just tell him that Action Man Ilias is going to have some words. He's going to get on 60 Minutes, give, a, yep, give the host. Fair. We'll see him on Project. We got, we got you back, man. I know you guys do. That's why I love you. We'll be there. War pain and all, mate. You just tell us what time and date. We'll be in the background with our camo on. No, I'll be wearing a lawning cloth, you know, just... <laughs> I'll wear my grass camo. You won't be able to see him. Well, we're going to wrap it up, have dinner. Thank you all for listening. This has been the longest Hunting Connection podcast. Signing off, Zach. Haynes eat. Elias. Actually, I, I have that there. Dad, I did it. You know. <laughs> That was sounded exactly the same. You so, know how many oh people shit, I've broken something. Message me that, or like, sent me a picture of something they've killed and just written, "Dad, I did it." I'm that's like, that's so great. Master me when you shot your bark. I, I went, used that all I went, day. Dad, I did it. Dad, I, did it. <laughs> I love that clip. <laughs> Dad, I did it. Nah, and if bad. none of you's heard that for a second, it's because I clicked a button. But all good. Well, all good. thank thank you all for listening. Um, if you're not following on social media, Josh is at Hainsy three oh seven. Ilias is at Action Man Matani. Just link me because no one's going to spill that. And Josh, he's on the toilet. He's Pro Hunter 270. 270. And Aussie Arrow, or as Josh says, Aussie Sparrow. And then Hunting Connection, tag us in all your hunting photos. Any questions, feel free to ask Josh. Feel free to ask Action Man. Feel free to ask Batesy. Um, If you haven't listened to. Send it, mate. Podcast, jump on there, give them a listen. It's a hell of a ride, and yeah, it's all our good laugh. So, thank you all for listening. <laughs>